The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Tonight's episode of the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish is brought to you by Z Apollo Photography. Visit zapollophotography.com for all your photography needs. don't know by now you should my name is cm punk and what i am is straight edge i'm drug free i'm alcohol free and that means i'm better than you does that sound familiar those words I spoke for the first time over 20 years ago, and they became the foundation of my career. And I can sit here in Nashville, Tennessee, and feel pride that that foundation grew into such a career that I have managed to inspire the next generation of professional wrestling. Some of them, are sitting in the locker room right now. Some of them became wrestlers because of me. Some of them became straight edge because of me, hell. Some of them sit like I do. And then there's MJF. He tries to walk like me, to talk like me, he could never think like me but when he beat me in my hometown twice you would think that I would be furious that I would be mad but to tell you the truth Max I'm proud of you Where you stray from the path is you fail to retain the knowledge of the lessons that you are being taught. Maxwell Jacob Friedman fancies himself Piper in Portland, Brett in Calgary, and Punk in Chicago, when in reality he's just shitty little Max from shitty little Long Island. 
The foundation of Max's career has been a ring that he has used to beat opponent after opponent. And it's a ring that he won with help from other people. So now the situation is this, because of last week, shout out to John Moxley, thanks for the assist. I now get to pick the time, the place, the date, and the match for my rematch with Little Max. So we'll get right to it. The time, probably right after sundown. The place is Orlando, Florida. The date is March 6th. The pay-per-view is called Revolution. Which leaves us with the match. And I started to think about some of my toughest matches. And I thought the situation that I'm in, maybe, you put me in a cage. No, but let's be honest. I've seen Wardlow, I'm sure he can climb a cage. And Max can still run. Max can still climb out of a cage and run from the lessons that he so desperately needs to be taught. Piper in Portland. So I go back into the vault and I think of these, these matches that I've had with legends, matches that were hard. And the cage matches seemed like they were easy because believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I've won more cage matches than I've lost. And losing got me thinking of what are the toughest matches I've ever lost. And the ironic thing about losing a tough match is that's when you learn. Those are the lessons that I really retained. We need Max to learn some lessons. So I thought back on the toughest matches of my career, matches where I've literally left pieces of myself in the ring. And I think Piper in Portland, Piper in Portland. Max, you wanna be tethered to Piper so bad, you're gonna have to be tethered to me. And two days removed, from the Hallmark holiday, Valentine's Day, I'm left without a Valentine, and it's very poetic that I get to ask you the question, Max. Piper had his, now I have mine. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, will you be my Valentine? And I know Max is backstage right now, pissing his pants, because nobody wants to be in a dog collar match. Sometimes they take years off your life. I promise you they take years off your career, but that's the goal. That's the lesson you need to be taught, Max. So I'm gonna ask you to come out here right now because there's one more thing I need to tell you, and I wanna look you directly in your eyes when I say it. be the single most dangerous match you would ever get involved in. And it takes me back to 1983 
of Greg Valentine and Roddy Piper. I want you to take it all in, Max. And I want to leave you with this. This picture. You see it, Max? I'm sure you remember it well. Possibly the greatest day of your life, and to me, it was Friday. Sunday, March 6th, Orlando, Florida, Revolution pay-per-view is gonna be the worst day of your life, and to me, it's just gonna be Sunday. The price you paid to see me on this day pales in comparison to the price you will pay on March 6th. The canvas I sit on is not gonna be stained with your shitty spray tan. It's gonna be stained with your blood. the American public with anything. That said, that's not the reason I grabbed the microphone. I asked John Moxley to team up with me to create a whole new AEW to teach young wrestlers like Lee Moriarty about violence and John Moxley, I want an answer. Remember we saw Moxley last week, he answered CM Punk's call pretty quickly. Well, theoretically, Moxley's been cornered. I think we're gonna get an answer. I think you're right, Tony. And there he is, the purveyor of violence himself. John Moxley. I met his daughter today. What a lovely baby. John Moxley taking his time. He's in no hurry to give Brian Danielson his answer. 
Everything on Moxley's terms. It always is Excalibur. Yeah, and, all, and for all the big stars, it's kind of that way. Staying hydrated, I see that's good. This is a very volatile situation, folks. If you didn't already know, folks, what we've got here is that Brian Danielson has put John Moxley back into a corner. And imagine a world where these two team up. I mean, we, we heard, Tony, you broke the news about the three-way match at Revolution. What if Moxley and Danielson team up, win the the Tag Team Battle Royal and punch their ticket to Revolution. That would be tremendous. It would be, I think it would be pretty logical to me for them to team up. I think Moxley should do it. I love the tension that we're feeling here. Little over a decade ago, I was a lot like that Lee Moriarty kid. I was a lot like a lot of the kids in the AEW locker room. I was young, I was angry, I was poor, I had nothing to lose, and I took a shot at taking down the great American dragon, Brian Danielson. We're at a little indie show in Chillicothe, Ohio. You were late, your flight was delayed because of the weather. So they sent Tracy Smothers out to the ring to vamp with the audience for about 45 minutes. And so finally I went to the ring and then you pulled up in the back of the building already in your wrestling gear and you got out of the car and you walked through the kitchen to the ring, stepped through the ropes, it's the first time we met and I stood face to face, eye to eye with the man they called the best wrestler in the world. And I gave everything I had that night. I went balls out. I fought tooth and nail, but I came up short. But getting a taste of the best just made me meaner, just made me angrier, just made me want it more. And over the years, I had more shots at Brian Danielson. Every single time, I came up short. In fact, I have never beaten Brian Danielson. It's true, so when you showed up in AEW, everyone else was scared, everyone else was intimidated by the greatest wrestler that ever lived, but I was excited. Finally, I would get a chance to put the one head on my wall I've never got to put up there. I would get a chance to slay the one dragon I could never slay, no pun intended, the American dragon. But as it turns out, Brian Danielson doesn't want to fight me. Brian Danielson wants to join forces with me. And I was listening to you a couple weeks ago. I listened to every single thing you said. I'm not gonna lie, I got to thinking how awesome it could be. 
All the arms we could snap, all the skulls we could cave in, we could create a dream team, a dynasty of unmitigated, pure wrestling violence. And then I got to thinking, just, just like you were saying, not just about the destruction we could cause, but about what we, what we could create. The young guys we could take along with us. Giving something back to this business, giving something back to AEW, the legacy we could leave. And I'm not gonna lie, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't think of one good reason to say no. But then I got to wonder, and I wonder maybe is the only reason Brian Danielson wants to stand side by side with me because he doesn't want to find himself in the one place nobody in AEW wants to find themselves standing across the ring from John Moxley. Because he knows I would do to him what I've done to everybody else they've put in front of me for the last three years. And if that's the case, well, then I've already beaten Brian Danielson. So which is it? Does Brian Danielson want to be my partner because of what we could create? Or because he doesn't want to get destroyed? Let's find out. I'll leave it up to you, Brian. I'm not saying yes. But I'm not saying no. I'll leave it up to you. Brian, I am not that young kid from a decade ago. And seeing as how, for all intents and purposes, we are meeting each other for the very first time here in AEW in 2022, I'll tell you this. I don't stand side by side with nobody till I bleed with them first. Wow. I can feel that one, man. And the, the fans can feel it. I'm sure you at home can feel it. The potential of one of the great one-on-one -on -one matchups, Tony, that we could have ever witnessed. Profound comments from John Moxley. He thought that through before he, he, he told us what was on his mind. Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Rams.
Hello everyone and welcome to the PwC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PwC Network. I'm your host Jimmy T, which is a weird thing, right? Because everyone expects Chris to be the host, but tonight, I guess I'm hosting. I've got duties tonight. And speaking of hosts, next to me right now from the nation of Kanadistan, Mr. BS himself, Chris. What's cracking, man? How's Kanadistan, dude? What's going on? Yo, yo, yo. Um, well, we got a lot of fucking snow. Um, over the last two days here, we've gotten over two feet of snow. So that's why that's why Jimmy's doing the hosting duties for today. <laughs> I cannot both plow snow and look at my notes. So I'm here. I, uh, I figured I could do this at least. And uh, hopefully nobody hears me cursing and I went in the fucking ditch or anything. Um I was going to say that actually I can't host anymore because uh, my government has taken the power to host podcasting away from its citizens um, over the last couple of days here with the Emergencies Act. Fuck you, Trudeau. Uh, but I'm good. Other than that, I'm good, man. And I'm, I'm happy to be on with you and also with um, with someone else, with our special guest this week. That's right. He's a very special guest. I mean, everyone knows him as the vet, but man, he's the host of the Smack Attack now, apparently. He's the host of Impact Attack. He's even the host of Next Level Podcast, but also that ridiculously random podcast, Jamie the Vet Williams. Why, why, you're not? Never going to be on the ridiculously random podcast, no matter how they try to get me on there. Oh, come it's on, not going to happen. Why? Come you, would on. Have a, you would have a better chance of Cody Rhodes going to... Oof. No, that's actually a bad... That's actually a bad <laughs> one. I, to, I, I actually, for a shoot, I believe on the air, told... Uh, uh colin that for them to get me on the ridiculously random podcast would be like the wwe getting cm punk back oh jeez oh jeez man that much heat vent i mean come on yes yes have you heard it (laughs) i haven't actually been listening to a lady man i haven't actually listened to it in a long time to be honest and i should be but what what's the goss man they're trying to get you on there but but you refuse. You you just straight up no selling. They they like want no to pull me. They want to pull me down into their abyss of foolishness and shenanigans. Ugh. And and I I just refuse to 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 get drowned in that mire. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna stay up with my head above water and talk to my favorite podcasters. Shh, don't tell anybody else. Don't tell anybody I said that. Uh, but but I I gotta be here uh, on the PWC with Jimmy T. And and Chris Am, so that, that, that's where I want to be at. And uh, thanks for uh, having me, guys, because uh, I just got off with um, a big elimination chamber review with Jimmy, where this all <laughs> yeah. this all this all came down. So uh, um, hopefully we'll be able to talk about something a little bit more interesting than that, because I don't I think we spent a grand total of two and a half hours, yeah. and maybe we spent talking about the elimination chamber maybe ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, easy, one hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we're both on the smack attack, or well, it's like a blow off smack attack simulcast on mm. the HMG network. And you're pretty much the voice these days, vet, of the HMG yeah. network. I mean, come on, dude, you're everywhere. Man, is anybody sick of me yet? Um, I don't I think so, not. dude. I don't think right. so. But nevertheless, man, it's a pleasure having you on once again. And we're excited to have you, man. And it's funny, like, when we will. Um, co-hosting the elimination chambers smack attack i mean dude what an event like you said we did what roughly about two hours and 20 minutes all up and we probably spoke about elimination chambers say 
for about 10, 15 minutes tops. But that, I guess that's what type of show it was. And I'll still stand by saying it was actually one of the better Saudi shows. That's what, I don't know, man. I didn't think it was that bad. But truth be told, I didn't watch every single match. I just couldn't do it. But from what I did see, it was half decent. Yeah. I didn't watch one second of it. Like I said, I was watching. I had the show going off on the side, Chris. Like I was while I was doing the show with them, uh, I was muting myself and eating uh, uh, chips. And um, so that so that uh, they didn't pick up the crunch on the microphone. And then uh, the chat's roasting me for eating chips the whole time. They're <laughs> yeah. like, how, how big is that bag? And, uh, and, and then I would chime in here and there with something. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, there were really, so I had the, I had the elimination chamber off to the side. So every once in a while I would like comment on something that they were commenting on at the time. I'd skip ahead and see, you know, Madcap Moss get dropped right on his head and face and neck and uh, you know, or, uh, or Bobby Lashley pretend to get hurt because oh, somebody bumped God. into the elimination chamber pod or, or, or things like that. So just, just a fantastic show, but it was really just, it's all about the community and hanging out with the guys, right? I get a chance to get with the blow off guys, uh, Jargo and Jimmy. I'm not going to miss that. So I invited myself on. I'm not ashamed <laughs> yeah. to say. Uh, no, absolutely, man. <laughs> and it was a great show, man. I had a lot of fun. It was a long one, that's for sure. But nevertheless, it was, it was an awesome show. But Chris. Yo. What's going on with your dough, bro? Before we get started with some wrestling, I mean. Is he still losing oh. his mind? You guys, it feels like it's getting worse and worse down there in, uh, at the, well, not down there, up there, up the, you know, up it's north. down uh, where? Down there. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, what's the go, dude? What's going on? Um, It's just fucking crazy right now, man. Like, so basically. Nope. I think we've lost we it. have <laughs> rights in Canada to um, to protest things, right? We right. Oh shit! You still there? Yeah, yeah. we're still here. The fucking delay that bad. Okay, fine. Uh, fuck it. I'll just do this as fast as I possibly can. Um, we have rights up in Canada to protest things, just like they do in the states. Um, the trucker protest has been completely peaceful. Absolutely, no one has been injured in three weeks. Um, the first injury that happened as a result of the protest was the police uh, ran over an elderly uh, Mohawk elder woman uh, yesterday after uh, basically Trudeau called the Emergency Measures Act, uh, a measure that's only been called in this country for the first and second world war um, as a result of some truckers honking horns. So... It, it's it's a lot man like as a clerk like never not even like not even chris jericho's gunt made me embarrassed of this country before but like this shit actually makes me embarrassed to be a canadian it's fucking awful well welcome to our world dude i mean if you guys go through what we were going through good luck man and it seems pretty fucked up i mean heck they're calling canadians with jumping castles nazis pretty much yeah it's fucking ridiculous dude. and it's like it's like, do, do, man, what are they going to go to when somebody actually comes in with real bad intentions? Right. Oh. Like, I always said, like, the whole, the whole thing with Trump getting elected, people were mad about that. It was their fucking fault. 
I guess so. I mean, people did vote him in. But let's not get on the Trump tirade, though. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But, boys, let's talk about some wrestling. And, I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I mean, there's... I know we've already spoken about Cody in length, especially you and I, Chris, and yourself, Vet, on your shows. But since then, has anything changed for you guys? Do, do you guys still feel like it might be a work? Is it is it a shoot? Is he jumping over to WWE? I mean, Vet, what do you think, man, about the whole situation? Um, I all I can say for sure is that the result will be underwhelming. Yeah. Whatever the result ends up being. If you trust me, you don't want to see him in the WWE. And I really think this is just some sort of a like, I'm an AEW, let's try everything. Even something crazy like I'm leaving AEW to to see if the fans would get like, does he think he'll get a big baby face reaction if the next place he shows up is back in AEW? Like, <laughs> oh, you didn't leave us after all. You do love us. Like, is that what he hopes in his in his mind is going to happen or something like that? He definitely has the power to make it happen, Jimmy and Chris, like we were discussing Jimmy earlier, where uh, if he gets Tony to bite on this idea, if it is his idea or if it's Tony's idea, whoever's idea, we know that Tony can make this happen and put us out there in the universe, all these rumors about like, oh, I, I heard he's already signed and I heard it's seven figures and I, you know, like... So I, that's why I'm, I'm hearing these new things all the time. And I'm like, and who is saying this really? Cause none of it's really coming from Cody and none of it's just from sources. So yeah, I'm just not going to buy it. I'll, I'll believe whatever happens when I see it. And that's how I treat everything in life. And I hope everyone else does too. Well, I agree with you 100%, man. That's, that's how I feel. If he's going to be in WWE, seeing is believing, like I said earlier, and it just makes more sense that this this thing is a work. And Chris, I mean, you know, we we were trying to like you know break this shit down like on our extra extra Cody show. And uh, how do you feel since then, man? As as your as your mindset changed, or or do you still feel no. the same way? No, no, I still feel exactly the same way. I think if he were to go to WWE, you have to ask yourself, what the fuck are they going to do with them? That's going to be actually interesting because they're not like i said this to you before i said this on the extra damn it we've lost him again they're not him <laughs> chris you're doing the electric boogaloo man <laughs> <laughs> God damn! Canada has censored the citizens once again. Yeah, Chadeau is at is at it once again. It seems they, they didn't mind burying him when he was talking about the. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> He's still going, <laughs> Chris. Oh man, he's up in the universe somewhere in the WB universe. It seems he's, he's, <laughs> he's mailing this podcast in. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> is he still talking? As we're saying this, well, he's trying to talk anyway. But oh man, anyway, 
sorry for the technical difficulties, folks. So, oh, Chris, and I think we've totally lost him. There we go. He's gone. Oh, <laughs> he's gone. Well, look. Anyway, this this just continue on without him. But yeah, like I was saying, man, seeing is believing. I think Chris was trying to allude to the fact that he still feels the same way as he did when we spoke about it on the extra extra. But either way, Vet, I mean, like you said, it's going to be like a train wreck, I think. I mean, nothing's going to change. Everyone's still going to boo him out of the building. And if he thinks people are going to be like, yay, Cody, like he's literally tripping. Like he's out of his mind. You know what I mean? And and unfortunately, I mean, I think you're right, dude. I think he's that delusional that he thinks it's going to be totally the opposite. But I don't think we're going there. Let's 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 think let's let's imagine the scenario for a second, Jimmy. So the WWE in their mind, because I'm sure you heard this rumor as well that Vince McMahon likes the idea of bringing in an AEW wrestler. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. we got one. You know, as if you know he wasn't already yours for like what ten exactly. years before that. But anyways, exactly. Anyways, never mind that. Never mind that aspect of it. Let's say it was like somebody, somebody brand new. Okay, let's say it was like a Wardlow or somebody that had never touched a WWE ring or whatever, as far as the people knew. Right, right. Um, If you bring a guy like that in, now you want us to acknowledge that this other company exists in order for this to be a big deal for you. Like, for, for us to think, wow, WWE got an AEW guy, we have to know what AEW is, and we have to respect that somewhat to make it seem like you achieved something or you really made a big signing. If you've spent the entire time pretending that they don't exist, then why are we supposed to care if you bring one of their guys in? And since when isn't the WWE thing, like it doesn't matter what you did before you got here. Like anytime they sign like some XF NFL player or anybody from any other Avenue that's tried to make a living doing that and then turn to wrestling for whatever reason, they bring them in, change their name. So now when like you Google the person like that, that's, that's a different that, you know, like they're getting a different name than, than what the WWE is telling them that they got. If you're looking at their past accomplishments. Um, so they've spent their entire, like they make their entire brand about, it doesn't matter what you did before you got here. So why would we supposed to be excited about somebody from another place, which is really just from the WWE from longer ago. Right. Absolutely. If, if the WWE regularly acknowledged other companies and just made it seem like, oh, yeah, this person, uh, we just signed this person. This person used to be an impact. They were in Ring of Honor, blah, blah, blah. And then and now we got them and made it seem like those other companies are cool, but now they're here and, and we're doing something with them. If they had been doing that for 20 years, then it would be a big deal. But if you act like other companies don't exist, a majority of your fan base they don't they they think like the same way they're brainwashed just that same way so when they when they hear of AEW they're like AEW what's that you yeah, know like true. a lot of them don't even know they only think they think wrestling and WWE are the like that's synonymous and those are the only kind of wrestling there is so why are we supposed to be excited are we, or or are they banking on just remembering Cody Rhodes from his previous run so now if he shows up and he's not doing stardust and he's not doing dashing and he's not doing disfigured dashing and he's not doing legacy and he's not doing 
uh, road scholars, or <laughs> if he's not doing any of the 10 other gimmicks that, that didn't, you know, I, I'm not going to say didn't get over because it's not like the WWE really helped him or did a lot with him. Right, but, right. Um, if he's not anything like you've seen before and he comes out dressed like friggin' uh, uh, Homelander and, and has <laughs> and has entrance music that has its own entrance music, like if, he, <laughs> if he shows up with all that stuff and we're, we're going to be like, uh, what? You know, like, what do they expect to really get out of that? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's my no. question. No, you're right, 100, percent man. It's 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 true, and and you. It'll be exciting on. in the moment, though, right? Oh, like that sure. moment, but then yeah. like five weeks later, six weeks later. Yeah, I mean it's true, and plus, is AEW truly that mainstream right now? I know they're on TNT and TBS, but like, they're really not. And like you said, people, you know, put wrestling and WWE in the same bracket. You know what I mean? Every and that goes worldwide. Especially mm-hmm. in obscure countries, right? Say you went mm-hmm. to, I, I wouldn't be surprised even in Saudi Arabia, they don't even know what AEW is, right? Put it that way. Even all the way to, to the prince himself, Bin Salman, whatever the hell his name is, even he probably doesn't even know what AEW is. You know, I mean, wasn't that the same guys that thought you know they wanted Yokozuna to be part of the greatest Royal Rumble ever yeah allegedly right allegedly apparently the ultimate warrior they wanted to I mean Mm -hmm. all these guys coming back from the dead I mean who knows we could even get a hologram show in Saudi Arabia where you see the ultimate warrior and I mean trust me don't put it past them dude people taking bumps like real people (laughs) yeah (laughs) can you imagine that like I can finally have a match with the ultimate warrior where he doesn't hurt me (laughs) oh no i hate to laugh but shit that's so true (laughs) oh man but fuck it's true though man i mean like aw is just a fragment of like nothing like really only the hardcore pro you know you know all the ones that actually care about pro wrestling as a whole know what aw is i mean at the same time they're struggling to keep a million and once they just seem consistent in the ratings every week but now, and it's pretty ironic, the first show right after Cody's not on, they went under a million this past week. Hmm. Is that a coincidence, though, Vet? I don't know. It could be because they've had they've had spikes for no reason, and they've had they've had uh, drops for no reason. So yeah. I, I really can't make sense of the AEW ratings. I think it really is just down to coincidence on every single week, like what other people have to do that's that's better with their time. Um, but one thing I do notice though, about AEW is like in the real world, I don't see a lot of advertising from them. So true. I did at first on like TNT with the NBA games, especially that's on TNT, but that's on the home channel. But like I'm saying, if you go to the store and you don't have no endorsed products from AEW wrestlers, like, you know, no, no sippy cups or t-shirts or whatever, like that's how how is any maybe there's people that would watch AEW and just really don't know because they a lot of people in the internet wrestling community they think that that's the whole world and it's not it's very few people tell me this even even looking at wwe how does how many viewers does raw get million and a half which that's that's like sub that's like sub tna at its Hmm. worst point numbers right (laughs) yeah 
And that's that's like early '90s numbers, right? That's like T.L. <laughs> yeah. Hopper numbers, right? T.L. Hopper, the Goon, Salvatore, yeah. and Sincere. Those days, right. definitely. And how many YouTube subscribers does WWE have? Millions, dude. Eighty-five million. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you mean to tell me that out of eighty-five million people that subscribe to their YouTube? Only 1.5 million people are watching Raw? No. Obviously, there's more that are watching. Absolutely, but, right. But they just aren't reflected in the ratings because those ratings are only... It's not so much wrestling watchers as it is just old people that fall asleep uh, with the TV on because yeah. Law & Order was on. So <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that, that stop before Raw? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like... There's a, there's a good lead-in. Not like Big Bang Theory. That's, that's right. a great lead-in too. But <laughs> It would but, be. But my point is, out in the world... Uh, AEW is not as ubiquitous as WWE still. And until the awareness grows, those numbers are really not going to change. They're going to float between that 800 to 1.1 million range until they start picking up some steam and getting some of those fans that, that didn't realize there was an alternative still, even after two years and some change or whatever, they still don't realize it's there. Um, that's the only thing that's really going to change. I doubt, I doubt Cody had like, 300,000 fans that just turned off as soon as he wasn't on. Cause how would they know he wasn't going to be on if, if, if they were, if they didn't watch. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. But ironically though, he will take it like, see, I'm not on the show and everyone didn't, I'm telling you, dude, if he's that, right. as delusional as we think he is, are you mm -hmm. telling me his ego wouldn't be thinking that? I mean, straight up. I think that's what he feels. He truly feels he's the shit. There's your proof right mm. and that's why AEW got under a million because to be fair AEW were averaging you know just over a million for the last three four weeks and that was mm. some sort of consistency that they really didn't have since their inception i think that was the first tbs show that actually got under a million so i mean and to be also fair the nba i think was on at the time it was, it was during the all-star sort of break and uh Something else was on, I think NFL as well. Oh, no, 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 that was the Super Bowl. It was just over, right? Something else was on too, but nevertheless, they got under a million, which is surprising considering we start the show with CM Punk just sitting there in the middle of the ring. Hello, exactly. Sort of reminiscent of his days back in the day of the summer of Punk. And uh, back, when, back when Cody was in the WWE. Back when Cody was in the WWE, absolutely. And uh, he's sitting there with a the microphone in his hand. Punk says he's straight edge, and that means he's better than you. The fans sort of respond to a, to a course of booze, pretty much. But then he, you know, he, he rectifies it by saying, those words become the foundation of his career over 20 years ago when he first spoke those words. And uh, he says some become wrestlers because of him, some become straight edge because of him. He says MJF tries to be him, but fails. CM Punk goes on to say that with everything considered, he is proud of MJF. He says the foundation of MJF's career is the diamond ring. He also shout outs John Moxley and thanks him for the assist. CM Punk goes on to announce that on March 6th at AEW Revolution, he wants MJF in a dog collar match. Punk says that he knows MJF is backstage scared because sometimes these matches take years off your life, but Punk says that is the goal and the lesson he needs to teach MJF. He continues, he calls out MJF and MJF makes his way out to the entrance ramp. MJF looks visibly annoyed. Punk tells MJF to take it all in. He shows MJF a picture of him meeting CM Punk 
when he was a little kid, looked like back in like 2005 or 6, he says that this was the greatest day of MJF's life, but on March 6, that will be the worst day of his life. He continues by saying that the ring will be stained with his blood after they've done. MJF goes to speak, but he can't talk, and he drops the mic and leaves the entranceway. This will be the second dog collar match in AEW history behind Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes' dog collar match. We see a hype video for the upcoming uh, match between Brian Danielson and Lee Moriarty. What do you think of Punk's promo, dude? I thought it was not bad. It was typical, though. It, yeah, it's the least you could expect from him, right? Right, absolutely the like, least. Like, here's your bare minimum CM Punk. But that's fine. He's just setting the stage for it. There were little things that, you know, set it apart from the usual boring promos from other guys. So I did like it in that sense. Eh, you know, the little things like when he reaches in the box and is like, will you, you know, will you be my Valentine? Oh, like, yeah, right. Making the allusions to Piper and 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 Greg the Hammer. Um, which was 83, right? Or was that 84? Uh, I think it was Starcade 84, 83, actually. One of those three, right? And I did mention, those... funny enough, that that possibly I would like to see a, a CM Punk MJF feud, right? And possibly have like a dog collar match. And what do you know? It actually happened. So that's pretty intriguing. But yeah, All sorry, right. Vet, continue on, man. Oh, no. So that, so that part was good. Um, as far as the whole thing, though, like, I really don't I'm I'm let me let me just kind of give everybody so they can temper their expectations based on everything I say. Like <laughs> I don't watch wrestling really to be entertained anymore. Like oh, I don't watch this like I'm going to like oh I I love this. I watch it so that a I can follow certain talents and 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 hopefully see them do good, do well for themselves. And, and B, to kind of keep my fingers on the pulse of what's happening. You know, like right. I don't go into the dirt sheets and read what's being reported because you can't believe all that stuff. I know firsthand that some of the stuff they report is inaccurate. So I'm not going to listen to that. And I'm not going to listen to fans on Twitter and other places like that and in comment sections and whatnot. All I'm going to do is watch what they give me as a product and that and listen to the people that are there. If I can hear past the sweetened crowd noise, oh. but to try to, to try to filter out and see what are the people genuinely reacting to or to see, or to see guys get big moments that deserve big moments. Like even if nothing becomes of it, it was cool seeing Keith Lee on dynamite. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a great moment. He did everything right there. That's what people should have been seeing um, all along. And they didn't see it. That being said, that that leads me to MJF. He's one of the guys. Doesn't really matter how AEW as a company is doing. Doesn't matter if Cody's leaving or not. Doesn't matter if they got 800,000 or a million viewers. I'm going to tune in and watch MJF because I want to hear what he says and I want to see his match because he's one of the best. MJF is on a short Mount Rushmore of best wrestlers right now. And he's a kid. He's a right. fucking kid. It's he has crazy. no right to be that good, but he is somehow. So I've got to be there for MJF. So I'm not I'm not as intrigued for this for any other reason than it's a match with MJF and I get to see can he continue to impress me the way he has or will this be a stumbling block and we'll see that he is human after all and he does make mistakes. I mean, he does, but just saying for the most part this kid's batting like super high batting average with everything that he gets. Uh so um, and, and punk, like no matter what you want to say about punk, uh, 
he's usually not going to be the reason that something sucks. He may yeah. not be great. He may not bring anything extraordinary to it, but I don't think he's going to screw it up. So at the very least you expect that. And he's pretty good at times when he wants to be. So um, if you give me a match with a dog collar, CM Punk and MJF, I'm intrigued in that. I don't really care for dog collar matches. I don't care right. for blood. I don't care about all that other stuff, but give me these guys and I'll pay attention. Absolutely. And I think it's fitting that it's a dog collar match for whatever reason. If there were two guys on the AEW roster that it kind of suits a Piper versus Valentine sort of blood feud, for whatever reason, I think that's MJF and CM Punk. And I think they'll pull it off, man. I, I truly think it'll be, look, it's not going to be the greatest match. The only thing that I'm not looking forward to, I mean, AEW overdo the friggin' blood, man. I mean, I think it feels like every week we're getting some sort of blood, no matter what. And that's cool and all, but it takes away from, from you know, meaning something. But at the same time, I also understand it's supposed to be a combat sport, right? A simulated combat sport. And bleeding happens, right? It's just natural. You're going to hit someone, you bleed. But I just feel like they overdo it. In saying that, I'm looking forward to it. I am intrigued. MJF really is that good and you know it right he is better than you and you know it i mean straight up for 26 year old it's crazy and and what's even more crazy he was making a name for himself many years before AEW was even a thing that's how good this kid is and you know what man he deserves it because at least out of all the young kids coming up in professional wrestling today he seems to respect the art of professional wrestling like no one else does in -hmm. terms of today's kids Totally keeps a kayfabe as much as he can on his personal life. Even though if you dig hard enough, you'll find shit. But still, he tries, man. And even being, even his social media game is on point. So I'm, I'm totally impressed. He truly is one of the best, whether you like him or not. Because he is. It's plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, I th- so to your point about the violence and stuff, like, yeah. I don't know that this has gone to dog collar match levels, you know, really like with the build that they've had, but you know, they're like you said, as the alternative, they want to provide what the WWE isn't providing and the WWE stays away from that stuff. Right. Yeah. And just blood in general and WWE overdid it back in the day too. Like in that early two thousands ish era, there was way too, there was like people were bleeding on every other SmackDown, (laughs) like just regular TV shows. Like, same same deal and then they got away from that too but it's it's uh there should be there a select times but i think aw just overcompensates with everything they do whether it's anything that the wwe's not doing they're doing a little too much and it feels unnatural whether it's blood whether it's swearing on television oh god you know just doing that too but i'm used to it now yeah you get some people make it a little more natural but but even the WWE stars swearing more on television yeah, too. So it's right. like, and, and they're so, saying so, shit without bleeping yeah, it. I mean, even yeah. if bombs here and there, like what the hell's going on, dude? Aren't they and PG? De- right. And no, they're not. And they they're haven't not, been. Right. And they haven't been. But, but they, they only bring that up when somebody asks them why this, why that, why this. Right. Then they bring up the fact like, oh, well, we we're different now. And all this other stuff. It's like, so you're, you mean to tell me you can't have a guy make a little incision in his forehead with a razor blade for <laughs> yeah. a few drops of blood, but you're going to tell me that in a story, this, this man set another man on fire in the <laughs> ring and killed him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that, that's okay. 
you can set a person on fire, but not, not a little bit of blood, you know, can't do that. So the WWE's full of shit. Just know that every time you hear one of their press releases or any of their corporate uh, jargon spewed at you. And but at the same time, just because AEW can deliver on the areas they don't, that doesn't mean they have to over deliver. You know, what I mean, like, you know, I, I ordered a I ordered a large pizza, not a, you know, not a 10, 10 party size pizzas and, and three, three, three super hoagies and all this other stuff. Just just the large pizza will be fine. Thank you. Yeah, I know you're spot on, dude. And and just quietly, Vet, I think we need to take a break. But don't worry, we'll be right back, right here on the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish. Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand the Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now, The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be Russo'sBrand.com, bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG. And now it's time to be entertained. We're back right here on the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish. And guess who's come back suddenly? I mean, we found him, vet, Mr. AMBS. And that's bullshit in the morning. And that's AMS with no L. Mr. Christopher AMS, welcome back to the skirmish, dude. What happened to you? It sounded like you were doing the electric boogaloo while talking about Cody. It seems like Cody has got you censored, man. And another thing about Cody. Uh... <laughs> No, guys, the, the delay is pretty bad. It was actually kind of funny because um, while you were telling me to stop talking, oh, you I had already stopped talking and was listening to you guys laugh at me about it. So right. I was just like, motherfucker, <laughs> this is sucks so bad right now. <laughs> well, you know what, dude? You're still kind of doing the boogaloo, but it's all good, man. At least we can understand you, but... 
I mean, it is what it is. You're way up there in Kanadistan, and it seems like Chido has got you guys uh, under his thumb. <laughs> That's right. As they say in uh, in the Quebec provinces, <laughs> mode de tabernacle see Trudeau. <laughs> Whatever that means. Sounds like Fisher la Trudeau. It's, uh, it's a whole bunch of French nonsense, and I don't actually know what it means. I just know it's a curse. So, <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Well, anyway, Vet, let's talk about the first uh, match of the evening, funny enough, between Brian Danielson and Lee Moriarty. Dude, I was impressed at the fact that he didn't come out as a cat, first of all, and I'm talking about Lee, Mar- Lee Moriarty. But second of all, so. yeah, second of all, I mean, damn, apparently he raps his own song. And third of all, <laughs> this was a great match. It was a catch-as-catch-can sort of pro wrestling match, dude. It was kind of a throwback to the old ways. What do you think? Uh, I like the match that they wanted to have, but Lee Moriarty is nowhere near no. on the level of Brian Danielson. And it's, Absolutely not. It's, it's not something that's like completely unreachable, but it's... Like just in this match, for whatever reason, maybe he, maybe it's nerves. I don't know anything about Lee Moriarty. I don't know how long he's been working. I've only seen him in AEW. So if he did anything before this, I don't know. But he looked like he was being taken to school in that match, but not in the way you would do it in a wrestling storytelling sense. It looked right. like he never you know, like his timing wasn't there. I just saw a lot of awkwardness in this. So like, even though I saw what they were going for, I also felt like the story of this was Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson saying, I want to teach his kid violence. They just had a wrestling match. What the fuck? What are you talking about violence? And we know Daniel, uh, Danielson can bring the, I'll never break that habit. Yeah. Um, like we know he can bring violence i just didn't see it here chris oh yeah i had the same kind of opinion i liked the match maybe a little bit more than you did um i thought it was a pretty good um showcase for what lee moriarty can do he's not on the level of brian danielson but who the fuck is um i can think of a few. you know yeah, well, I mean, there's a few, but you you understand what I'm saying, especially right. like at the point where at the point of his career where Lee Moriarty is, he's not going to be there. Like he's <laughs> he's not going to be like able to main event WrestleManias uh, the way that a Brian Danielson can right now. But um, I definitely also saw what you were seeing, and uh, like part of my notes that I took for this match were like, wasn't this supposed to be like teach you violence, kid? Because it basically just came across as like. Here, let me show you some holds, kid. Yeah, it's like it's like us uh, two hearts stretching his students in a dungeon. That's what it felt like in a way. But yeah, you, both of you guys are right. I mean, at the end of the day, who is Lee Moriarty? Like, what is he? Like, really? Like, is he a cat? Is he? Uh, no, I'm being dead serious. I mean, yes, yes, Jimmy, he is actually a human cat. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, damn, <laughs> he used to come out like on all meow and meow and shit. I mean, what the fuck is that shit? Yeah, what was it? Oh, you tell me, Chris. What was it? <laughs> um, I don't know, but I mean, this whole like maybe maybe they're getting into like the trans species stuff because I mean they're already pretty big on the other kind of stuff. Um, so you know maybe it's oh, yeah. just the trans speciesism. Trans 
speciesism. Or, or, or maybe it's as simple as trying to find out what is popular in the world. I don't know. Cats. People <laughs> yeah. like cats. I'll do a cat gimmick. <laughs> Take that, Natalia. <laughs> and Rhea uh, Ripley actually reminded me of uh, Catwoman on uh, Elimination Chamber, as a matter of fact. Ooh. The way she was, just quietly. Cats are in the air. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. I guess, uh, well, Danielson wins with the LaBelle lock. Yeah, all right, meow. Vet, do I look like a freaking cat to you? All right. No, no but <laughs> I, I love the way you I, just casually threw that out there. God damn it, meow. Uh, anyway, like I was saying, Danielson wins with the LaBelle lock. And you know what, man? I had to give it to him by doing the flex with the camera shot from that bird's eye view. Man, that, that popped me, man. That made me laugh. Danielson seems to, like, absolutely enjoy his run right now in AEW, even though I feel like they're booking him all over the place in many ways. I mean, is he a babyface? Is he a heel? Is he a tweener? I just, like, I just what am I supposed to think? Because he's he's sort of playing both sort of ways, in my opinion, right now. I like the um, I like the idea that see he he the, the problem is you could you could sort of like toe the line, but he went too hard in one direction with Hangman right. I think exactly and now he's not really going that hard yeah. in one direction. I feel like he's sort of playing the shades right. of gray type of character. You and know he, did, I mean? he did some of the cheap stuff too, like talking about towns that they were right. in. And yeah, so it's like, like cheap heat, right. Yeah, you didn't have to do that. You could have been like, like just neutral with a hard edge type type of a character so that you could either attack a heel or a baby face and it would make sense because you're just out to win. Um, but he did too much cheap heel stuff. So it's like, okay, now you're kind of tied into that. Now he's like... But but he's still kind of being a heel bit a little bit because if Moxley is supposed to be a fan favorite and he wants to sort of like bring Moxley in for whatever nefarious purpose you you, you can hear in in Moxley's promo which is which is right here right we're at that point right um, where he's kind of like I don't know what are you doing I don't, I'm not sure you know like he's kind of not sure what what the motivation is so um, that's that's sort of an intriguing idea that you would actually have the pe the people that you want to do a program against each other right. start out with him, like trying to say like, we don't need to fight each other. Like that usually doesn't happen. Right. It's Absolutely. usually like, Hey, you and I are best friends till the end until you accidentally <laughs> bump me on the apron. And now that, that one misunderstanding has ruined years of friendship. And now we're going to uh, have a dog collar match or whatever, you know, oh like God. that, that kind of a deal. So, so I, I like this just because I haven't seen it before, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Right, I agree, man. And, and even Chris, like you were saying last week, you kind of like this idea of Moxley and Danielson sort of being a team and one being, I think was it you or, or Jago, I'm starting to get confused, about how one's the baby face and the other one's uh, sort of playing the heel, except they're automatically going to be a baby face team. So Chris, what do you think about this sort of pairing that's ultimately going to happen in the future? Yeah, I mean, I... The thing is, is I feel like I'm exactly like the AEW crowd on this. I really like this pairing and I want to see them as a tag team. Um, you know, that's the thing that's sort of that's sort of difficult to read in this promo is like Danielson is clearly trying to be a, a heel, 
But he's like, yeah, we should get together. And every time he says it, the crowd's like, fuck yeah, do it. And then Moxley's just like, ah, but I'm not sure I trust you. And he's getting booed for it. And it's like, what are you guys doing? If you, if you can't read the crowd, like, fuck, man. Right. It almost feels like, like Jesus, guys, go and get a room. Fuck. You know what I mean? It comes across that way sometimes to me. Seems like days of our lives in AEW. I mean, seriously. Just hurry up and just team up already. That's just my opinion. Just do it. And, like, I think it's intriguing. I think it'll be all right. It'll be cool. But they automatically are going to be baby faces, even if Danielson's playing the prick. Like, are we getting Kane and Ta- uh, Kane and um, Danielson all over again? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know if we need that, though. I don't I don't know if that, that, that particular road needs to be traveled again. Um and and what you know by them working together does that mean they have to be an active tag team like is there is this is this this building to something for a uh uh you know lucha boy and jungle saurus you know like is is that where we're like that is is that is is that what we're what we're looking at, or is this just a way to build another faction of grabbing all the useless guys like Lee Moriarty? No offense, to Lee Moriarty, but you're useless. Um, like, but with this, he could have some use. You know, the idea of a, a mentor, a mentorship where you got a guy like a young guy being kind of pulled in two different directions, like Danielson trying to teach him some sort of a crazy, you know, shoot hold. And then you got Moxley just like, no, just bite him in the face. You know, like you could see it too. Right. It couldn't, it, it could, it has the potential to be cool, but most likely based on history, what we've seen in the past, we know how it's probably going to end up. Right. Oh, for sure, man. And Chris, what's your thoughts, man? Yeah. I mean, I'm down for them doing something different, right? Show me something I haven't seen before. Just two guys who aren't a tag team and aren't looking to be a tag team, but just have each other's back. You know, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with exploring that as an option. Um, But, you know, what you were talking about, how like, oh, you take guys like Lee Moriarty under your wing. The problem is the two guys who, who would apparently be the, you know, the, well, you know, pardon me for saying this, but the two guys who would be the vets uh, in that, uh, in that scenario, <laughs> um, they're kind of reversed because you're right. You would have, you know, uh, Brian Danielson saying, um, you know, here, here's a label lock to do. And it's a really, you know, it's a solid hold or here's a, here's a good variation on this uh, pinning combination. And you'd have Moxley being like, yeah, no. So what you do is you kick him in the balls and then, like they're they're reversed. Moxley's the the face right now, and Danielson's the heel. Hmm. Also, like the don't there's just a lot of wing taking in AEW. You know, <laughs> like like was it wasn't who was Lee Moore already with? Wasn't it Matt Seidel? Yeah, he was. As a matter of fact, that's right. And and you know what I mean? Like there's there's a bunch of people. Dante Martin's getting passed from wing to wing. Like here, I don't want this kid under my wing anymore. You take <laughs> yeah. him. You what know, sort like, of impression does that give? Right? Yeah. There's just like th- there's too much of the similar stuff going on in the company that it's kind of hard, you know. And who knows what's going on through Tony Khan's brain, having to do all juggle all the things that he's and trying to keep them all in the air so like he's probably forgetting that he's already written the same exact angle for a different group of people over here on this show you know later on in the show or whatever but 
yeah, the, the, I, I don't need, I don't really need to see another uh, group of, you know, marginally uh, talented people that are struggling to get wins on dark and dark elevation. And I, I'm not going to take Chris's gimmick of coming up with different combinations of those words, but, um, but yeah, like we, I don't need to see that anymore. You know, like I, I, I just don't, but there is a potential in the idea. I just don't know if the players and the timing and the result is going to, is going to be what we really want to see. Well, that's TK Book of the Year. Two years in a row, guys. Two years wow. in a row. According so to Meltzer. So, so prestigious. prestigious. It's the Wrestling Observer Awards, guys. The most prestigious of prestigious awards. TK, right. two years running. Booker of the yeah. Year. Chris, I'm sure you're ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, I'm just over here just loving the Prime Minister of the Year and the Booker of the Year. <laughs> Uh, all of these other, all of these other ridiculous fucking nonsense titles that people keep getting. Uh, Vet, by the way, you can you can take any of my stuff, any any of my any of my comments, or my what's mine is yours. Just stay away from my fucking ships. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm with you. Like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about how like you know because I asked the question, how many fucking brothers does Dante Martin have? Like he actually has one brother, but he came out and was like. Yeah, uh, Matt Sadell, he's like my brother. And then mm -hmm. it was, oh, you know, uh, Leo Rush, he's like my brother. And then it's like, how many fucking brothers you got, man? Like, Jesus. And where are they all going? Yeah. Fuck. They're all abandoning you, brother. Yeah, literally, brother. But but in all seriousness, where is his brother? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm serious, his actual brother. It's like they're almost, AEW's almost trying to make us forget about him, man. There is no sign of him actually coming back and i dare say that he might not even be coming back maybe he's he, being released did he have a horrible injury he Isn't did that what got him out right but place? it's been way too long now vet i think don't be so impatient oh yeah let that's right heal. hey see i but should let take the man my own heal, advice Jimmy, come on man. right i did mention patience right well, it, but impatient. what's gonna happen what's gonna happen is uh when he does come back you can't wait for excalibur to scream it out like like he's that's, that's I don't even remember his, what's his brother's name. I already forgot. I've forgot. so <laughs> forgotten too. Damn it. I kid you not, Chris. You knew. Uh, uh that's uh, Joey that's Martin. Martin. Yeah, no, I don't. Know. <laughs> Joey Martin. It's, it's Dean Martin. No, I'm gonna look it up. Right now. That's Ricky it? Martin. It's Ricky Martin. Un dos tres. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while you guys are talking. All right, that's that, and there's the vet. That's why he's the vet, folks. Darius. What is it? Darius Martin. Yeah. Come on, dude. Martin. Dar Darius Martin. How the fuck? I don't even remember a Darius Martin. ACL. How long he went, he went so down a, to an ACL. That's a, that's a pretty serious tear. That can take a long time. To right, go. but he's young, though, guys. I mean, he should be ready to go. <laughs> I'm dude, patient, no damn it. I'm patient. There's no age on ligaments. <laughs> right, that's true. If, if you lose it at a, at a young age, it, it's just as gone as if you lose it as an old age, but, and for guys that jump off of things and do flippies, you know, the knee is important. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, if Ray Mysterio can tear 10 million ACLs and still jump off the rope, there's no excuse for Darius Martin. I'm only joking. I'm well, only joking, but yeah. what's his actual work name? That can't be his work name. That's it. Yeah. That's his work name. Darius. Yeah. Really? For real. I seriously don't remember a Darius Martin. I, I really don't. I'm sorry. 
top flight they just called him top flight that's what you would have known him as they (laughs) they knew you knew their name they were the martin brothers but they mostly you know i I don't know that's Uh, can we move on we don't have time to talk about enough of the all of his brothers that's true that's true well anyway let's move on to the next match which is a face of the revolution qualifier whatever that means why the face of revolution i will never understand but anyway between wardlow and everybody's favorite rapper max caster and you know what, man? I actually didn't mind his little rap. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say it, man, and Chris, I'm sure, will we, uh, concur. But uh, I, I think Max Caster's got so much talent, man. But they're just not going to show it. Like, I just feel like he's going to get nowhere. But it is what it is. And he's not that young either. He's still in his 30s. But speaking of young, Wardlow, I mean, guys, he's got to be the next big thing, right? Vet? Brock Lesnar? Yeah, he is Brock Lesnar. He's a cross between Brock Lesnar and Dave Batista. Yes. Um, I like Wardlow, and so do the people. So Absolutely. That's a winning combination. I mean, Chris? Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. Um, so they're in Nashville, which, shout-outs to Nashville for being a fucking amazing crowd, like, no matter what's going they on. They actually were. I mean, surprisingly, because Nashville sucks everywhere in every other promotion. I mean, yeah, they're uh, they're a great hockey city, though. And one thing that I noticed was, so Sean Spears is a heel, right? I'm not wrong about this, am I? No, not at all. Why did he come out wearing a Nashville Predators jersey? <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that's a good point. And actually, second of all, we're talking about Moxley and um, Danielson. Isn't this what we're getting with freaking Spears and Wardlow anyway? I mean... But I tell you, they're writing the same shit. The same Don't even shit. realize it. Literally. I mean, guys, seriously. Nevertheless, Spears was funny in this match. It looked like he wanted to teach Waldo kind of a lesson, you know what I mean, by not, you know, helping him out when when Castor and, um, what's his name, Bowens were cheating. And for a second, I thought, could we possibly get an upset? But we didn't. We get Waldo going over with you know, Max Castor losing once again. But you know what, guys? I'm intrigued for this ladder match because I would have thought they would want a few high flyers in the ladder match, but nope. We're getting three elephants, pretty much. And I mean that in a good way. What's intriguing is how the hell are they going to pull this off? Are we going to get one boring ladder match? Or are we going to get just, I don't know, are they going to surprise us? Chris, what do you reckon? Well, is it actually just the three of them? Or are they. I don't even fucking know. The match. Because the last time question. it was a six way, it was, right. there, there, will it was more, six there will be more people. There is, there will so, be. Yeah, well, see, they failed to mention how many are even participating in this friggin' match. That's true. Yeah, unless we just don't pay attention. Maybe, maybe, maybe we do all do have short attention spans. Nevertheless, we'll like it. No, there's, there's a whole lot of this in AEW where they just don't fucking like. I always say show, don't tell. But, like, if, if the only option is to tell, then at least fucking tell. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... Uh, they never do, Chris. Th- well, this is the way that they are with a bunch of stuff on this show, though. It's like, you know, oh, these guys are going to have a match, and it's going to be a good match. And look at the... There's a match is coming up. And you're like, okay, when? They don't tell you when. And then all of a sudden, next week, it's going to be... And you're like, okay, I, I guess. Like, isn't it better to give people something to look forward to and then give them time to actually look forward to it but what the fuck do i know yeah what do you know man what do you uh, know chris 
<laughs> but uh, I know how to plow snow. <laughs> there you go. Allegedly, getting real fucking good at that. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, allegedly. <laughs> but but I, I here's the thing. Like when they billboard stuff, um, it's like Excalibur screaming a lot of stuff at certain points, like all all like in a row. And I couldn't. I can understand. I wouldn't blame anybody for tuning that part of the show out, which he could be definitely giving us that information in those parts of the show, and we just don't want to hear it. So, yeah. I mean, trust me. After after decades and decades of listening to WWE announcers, I've easily had my brain be able to filter that into just white noise that I don't hear. <laughs> you know, like what they actually say. And AEW is a lot like that, where they sneak in information, and then people. I, I've I've heard like you know them say things like i catch it and then i hear a podcast later talking about like did they even say that and i'm like well they did but i don't blame you for not catching it so they may have at one point said how many people were supposed to be in this or how many qualifying matches they're supposed to be and we're just like whatever can't be bothered uh keith lee is here <laughs> limitless keith lee just quietly yeah. and, and speaking of keith lee he's a flying elephant he's dumbo in this uh, yeah in this ladder match here. <laughs> Oh yeah, he actually is. Of all right. three, this guy can move like a cruiserweight, pretty much. But in talking about Keith Lee, I read a report just before we went live, and actually, vet right after we finished the smack attack, mm -hmm. I was reading that there's friends of Keith Lee that are truly worried about his health. Don't know how true this bullshit is. I've heard rumors even in WWE why they let him go in the first place was also part reason to his health. Do you think there's any truth to that? Yes, but. I think it's well, like you know, Keith Lee made a statement about what happened to him, right? right, his, right. Like he he had what you would call like a, a cardiac event of some kind, right? Oh. And that was why he was gone from TV when he was when he was uh, right before he came back as the Bearcat. Like there was that weird absence thing, and right, right. I really think that um, you know anybody that's that large, you have to kind of look at their health as a concern. Um, even if he's in good shape enough to do some of the things he's doing, like, you know, he is, I don't want to, he's not like some fat sloppy fuck yeah, or whatever, not, but, but he is heavier than his human frame was meant to be a little bit. So um, he's just got to be careful with that. And he would know best how to deal with that. I believe that a lot of the things that related to his departure in terms of health issues and stuff from the WWE was, probably related if you look at all the people that got released around that time all that that big you know exodus of people like i think you can probably read between the lines and chalk that up to who wanted to you know get the jab and who didn't yeah, and it's much point. easier for a touring company to not have to deal with different states as regulations and rules and stuff if you just say like all right well all the unvaxxed people get out you know so that, it could have just been as simple as that, and I think it was. Uh, but obviously, they're not going to say that. Um, you can listen to some of uh, Nia Jax's comments on that if you have any other further interest in it. But, um, but yeah, so I think that uh, uh, his friends can be concerned, just like any friend would be concerned. I'm concerned for, uh, you know, for Chris right now. You know, he, I don't want him to get... Uh, <laughs> You know, frozen in ice and become frostilicus. You know, so. <laughs> frostilicus. <laughs> well, Chris, before we move on, what's your thoughts, man, on Keith Lee? Um, yeah, I mean, I I get why somebody would be worried for his health. He's a very very large person, and sometimes I feel like as wrestling fans, we forget that there's a difference between fit and athletic. 
You can be athletic without being fit and you can be fit without being athletic. He's, he's very athletic and he is not fit. He, he, he needs to lose some of the weight. He's already had heart problems. He's already been susceptible to things. Um, he should really get himself right physically before he keeps going with this. Cause I don't want to, I, I mean, I don't want to see another wrestler dead at 40 thing either. Yeah. Damn. Well, we move on to a segment out back guys with Tony Schiavone interviewing Bit Baker and Mercedes Martinez. Baker, Baker says that Mercedes better finish the job tonight after the match. Baker says it will be undeniable that she is the best female in AEW. Mercedes says she knows her job and she's ready to kill Rosa. When then we see Tony Schiavone standing in the ring, Schiavone brings out Hangman Adam Page. Hangman makes his way down to the ring following his hellacious match with Lance Archer last Wednesday on Dynamite. Hangman goes to speak but gets very quickly interrupted by Adam Cole, baby. I just had to do that. Cole says that Hangman has been in absolute battles. He tells Cody to get the hell out of the ring. I mean, not Cody. Uh, what's it called? I don't, Tony. I don't know what, Tony, right? Tony. It's misspelled over here as Cody. Oh. To get the hell out of his ring, Cole saves Hangman that he has earned the right to call himself the AEW World Champion. He says that it's, it's a shame it will need to come to an end pretty soon. Hangman goes on to say that his friends built a wrestling empire without him. He says that it must feel weird to see his friends and look and see that this is the only world championship that he will never hold. Cole says that Hangman is, is a bad friend to the Dark Order. Hangman says that he has made some mistakes. He also says that Cole getting in the ring with him is one of the biggest. Cole says that he is now in AEW, that every time they are in the same promotion, Hangman is just known as the other, <laughs> as the other Adam. Cole says that he has nothing but love, respect, and admiration for him. Cole goes on to say that someday they will fight for the AEW World Championship. He says that filled with respect, may the best man win when that day come. Cole then ends up leaving the ring, heads up the entrance ramp. Hangman is attacked from behind by Cole O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. And we get Cole comes back down to the ring and yada, yada, yada. I am not impressed with either one of these guys right now and the way they're portrayed. Hangman doesn't even feel like a champion. To me, it feels like the AEW World Championship is just not even there it's just i don't know like where is it you know what i mean really hangman now i don't know if it's his if it's him i don't know if it's if it's aw and to be fair to be of both and adam cole what the hell man like what is it it feels like we're going back to his ring of honor days which to me is like going backwards you know what i mean like what's going on here vet what, what do you think um you know, there's like this whole certain uh, subset of guys that are like sub six foot tall and have a certain build and have wet hair and beards and stuff like that. And I'm just kind of over the whole thing. Uh, so I really don't have much to say about Adam Cole and Hangman. I don't care what they do or don't do. I'm just never going to be into any of their stuff. Um what what more can 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 be said that that hasn't already been said by by uh, Chris at some point? I mean, he's he's suitably buried these guys in the past, and I have no reason to disagree with anything he said in the past. So if he'd like to elaborate further on any of that, that's fine. Um, but for me, I, I'm I'm done with both of them. <laughs> Long before awesome. it ever came to this, either. Damn. Like, I, I've ne I've never seen I've never watched Hangman and said 
yeah, I'd like to see more of that. I've never really thought Adam Cole was cool other than he always seems to have like a cool entrance theme, whether it's Ring of Honor or or NXT or here. Like his entrance theme fits him, but much like the Ultimate Warrior, that's the whole thing. And then the bell rings and then it's him just kicking out of stuff and letting <laughs> other guys kick out of stuff. And that's it. So, um, yeah, that, that's all I got to say about that. That's a big yeah for me. I mean, Chris... What's your yeah, I mean, you you know what this sometimes feels like to me when you get situations like this? It kind of feels like somebody's playing a WWE game and yeah. they took two different versions of Shawn Michaels and they're like, let's have them fight. <laughs> but it's literally just the exact same shit. They look the same. They talk the same. They act the same. They probably have the same fucking political views. It's like, shut, like, just do something fucking interesting because all of this is just like, I, I am best wrestler. No, I am best wrestler. Meanwhile, nobody believes either one of you are fucking wrestlers. Like, it's, Jesus. It's, it's default one versus default two is what yeah. you're saying? Fuck, man. Uh, yeah, that's what's funny because you got in, you look at this face of the revolution ladder match where they're vying for a shot at the TNT championship and you got Keith Lee, Wardlow, and who was the other guy? Uh, Another Lee. large individual? Yeah, it was a large individual. Fuck. How did I forget this? Um... Well, anyway, even even without that third person, let's just say you <laughs> yeah. got Keith Lee and Wardlow. But for yeah. your main event AEW championship picture, oh got, Hobbs, Hobbs, oh yeah, Will Hobbs. Yeah, you got those three guys. You got Hobbs, Hobbs, Wardlow, <laughs> Hobbs, Wardlow, and Keith Lee. And then over here, you got Hangman Page and Adam Cole. Like <laughs> they, they seem like they should be parking those dudes' cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a bay bay. I mean, is he from the bay? I mean, why is it spelled that way? I mean, seriously, just, bay, just to bay. make sure you don't pronounce it incorrectly. But isn't it technically B A E? Isn't that what the kids used to call it? Bay bay, they might still call it that. See what I, I mean? Know. So, is he from the bay? What does bay even mean? You can say it how you want, it's, it's okay, <laughs> yeah, it's either or. Well, anyway, uh, you're right. I mean, these guys are just rotting away right now. And the quicker Hangman loses that damn championship, the better I'll be. But unfortunately, I think Hangman will win this match because he's called the right guy to even go over in this match. I don't know. But both of them are just totally flat for me. But let's move on, guys. But at the end of this little segment, we get number 10, who suddenly we should give a fuck about, guys. All right. <laughs> uh, hold just... on. Let me sit right up. Right. Number 10, he threw about 10 security guards over the friggin' rope, which did look kind of impressive. But why am I supposed to care about 10, who was pretty much mocking the perfect 10 in many ways? <laughs> I mean, why do uh, I give I think, a fuck? I, I got to be honest with you. Um, that looked impressive, but why it should did. I give a fuck is right. basically like a microcosm of AEW. <laughs> yeah. At this yeah. Point. Well, that's right. I mean, also, let's not completely leave out the fact, Jimmy and Chris, that they almost missed the shot because they went up to the yeah. ramp to get the reaction. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they went to get the reaction and 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 then they just cut back in time to see that guy sailing over the top rope. They almost missed it. Yeah, that's true, Keith, man. Keith, Keith Mitchell is definitely being missed right now. That's for sure. Wasn't Keith Mitchell around originally, though, when AEW first started? I'm just saying. Well, he just he just recently retired. Oh well, he was he was on board at first. Yeah, and, and, and he he'd been there up until like a, a few weeks ago when he retired. Um, <laughs> he was doing the production, and 
you know, not, not that they didn't miss shit uh, before when he was right. there, but he was probably phoning it in just like a lot of the other old timers. But I mean, I mean, hey, he was good when he was when WCW was around. <laughs> yeah, right. So well, man, can you imagine if uh, Scott Hall's walking through the crowd and he just keeps the shot on Mike Enos and you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't know why I'm here. You know what I mean? You know who right. I am, but you can't see me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Man. Well, speaking of funny, we move on to the Inner Circle Implodes match between oh, no. Chris Jericho and Jack Hager versus Santana and Ortiz, formerly of LAX, well, but known as Pride and Powerful. Uh, no, nobody knows them as proud as, and proud of powerful. Well, nobody knows that. They're That's PMP, nice. Chris, all right? PMP. No, no. The <laughs> only people who know them as proud and powerful are from like San Francisco, and I don't want to get into it. But can, the, can nobody we, else thinks that proud and powerful. Proud and powerful is like if you're going to redo Chuck and uh, and Billy, <laughs> maybe you can call them proud and powerful. <laughs> Don't, oh, don't give that. That sounds like hard and drilling, Chris. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, See, it's even in their song. You know, if if True. if I if 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 I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. You know, they're trying <laughs> to tell you. It's all about that pride bit. But anyway, yeah. uh, we we get a not bad matchup. Kingston comes out. Obviously, we know where this was going. The fans are chanting to the friggin' song as per usual. I mean, guys, is there a song that the fans don't fucking sing along to in AEW? My favorite part of watching the the Judas song or whatever right. is is watch the the camera go to crowds and catch people not knowing the lyrics at all. It's like, like you see their mouth, yeah, they, <laughs> they see their mouth trying to like they're trying to fake it just so they can. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, it's yeah. bad. Not even the lyrics they should know. They still don't know it. Um, oh man, it's it's freaking. It's always a concert, man. It's always like a rock party, fucking at a at AEW Dynamite because shit's exploding, big time. But we we had a decent matchup between these four guys. Eddie Kingston pretty much screws Jericho. Pride and Powerful get the win. So I mean, is Inner Circle done now, Vet? Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, but but uh. I, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't want to let this go by without burying this finish like this the last the last like two minutes or whatever this match was the absolute drizzling shits um, like when, when I, I'm just most of the time I have AEW on like as radio right and I just have it on and I'm watching it or I'm watching something else and listening to it or whatever the case always multitasking. So I'm watching this and I see Chris Jericho kick out of the street sweeper. And I was just like, no one else is around. It's just me. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. Like at the TV, <laughs> like he, he he went ahead and lost in, in just moments later anyways. But that was not the finish. The street sweeper was the finish. That's the finish. That's it. It was the match was ready to be over then. And it just dragged on just just long enough to let you know that these guys have totally lost their minds and Chris Jericho's out of control and he needs to be stopped. Um, and, and that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah. But Chris Jericho is the undertaker of AEW. You know? oh. He's got to be booked that way. He's, oh. he's taken on that role. According to Chris Jericho, according to Chris Jericho, not to compare myself to the undertaker, except for oh, all these ways right. I'm about to do it. Um, and he oh. freaking did, didn't he? Jesus oh. Christ. 
All right. Well, and, and with that being said, that Chris Jericho's the Undertaker. Now I retract my statement and apologize. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch what you're saying, man. Sorry. You're gonna yeah. wind up getting taken to wrestler's court. Uh-oh. I mean, he did say he's not Undertaker, but say he was. I mean, you know, <laughs> like seriously, if there's one guy that's so full of himself too, it's it's Jericho. But that's okay. He's earned that legendary status. He's still great to watch. I mean, yeah, sure, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but he's still Chris Jericho, and he's a bona fide Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. And I expect is he still great to watch? Is he? St- are you still? <laughs> No, no he's not great, great to watch. watch. Is he, well, yeah, let me rephrase that. He's not great to watch per se, but at least he understands that he's not that Jericho anymore. At least. He's not doing lion salt anymore, thank God. He's been teasing it. But God damn it, stop it, Chris. No more. No more lion salts. You're done. Just please, stop it. In saying that, guys, I think we need to go to one more break and we'll move on to a final segment to, to end the show. So in saying that, you're listening to the PwC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PwC Network. We'll be right back. It's the holidays. You don't want to talk to your family. You don't want to watch those same old boring movies you've seen a thousand times before. Get yourself the hottest gift for the holidays, a subscription to Hami Media Group at channelattitude.com get all your favorite hmg review shows locker room news and independent creator content you really want to hear subscribe today at channelattitude.com and give yourself the gift you really wanted for the holidays from your friends at hameen media group And we're back. I, I, I believe we were speaking about um, Jericho and the, and Hager versus Pride and Powerful, the inner circle imploding. But um, after the match, we do get the, the Bucks and uh, Red Dragon and Adam Cole, baby, talking shit in the back, cutting a promo. Cole asks where the Bucks were and when they took it when they took out Hangman. Cole says that next week will be a tag team battle royale. Young Bucks say that they will win next week. However, Red Dragon says that they will win. The two teams bigger and it ends with Cole trying to get them all on the same page. And then we get Goofball, uh, what's his name? Uh, the the Stooge, the Elite Stooge. Um, uh, Brandon. Brandon Cutler, that's forget, it. Because Cutler. the best thing in the world would be a Brandon Cutler uh, push as a babyface. Because I just, I, I desperately want to hear every arena across America screaming, let's go, Brandon. I just, I want it so bad. Oh, man. He should just get off the television, seriously. I mean, I mean, it's cool. He's got his part, whatever. But anyway. You I did... guys remember when he was trying to be a thing and he would come out with that, like, he had this, with like. That dragon mask? Oh, yeah, that magnificent. Yeah, he... He magnificent was, <laughs> yeah he thought he was legitimately kratos like he had the god of war music <laughs> he and ain't his Greek dragon bit. mask and all this shit and the face paint and all this shit and it's like look at you look <laughs> at you was there no mirrors backstage before you like this that's like how wardlow should come out somebody that looks <laughs> like that you know with that yeah. music and that cape and wasn't he doing some sort of hand symbol like like as he's and then he well he comes out there with all that and besides looking like he does he rolls a 20-sided die on the ramp 
Like, <laughs> all right, you know what? Well, now, now the gimmick they have him in is exactly what he's supposed to be. If not still too flattering to him. Well, he's always on television, <laughs> right? So it is flattering. But, but, but in saying that, man, it was funny when he mentioned to Cole, so, so Adam, which way are you going to go, man? Like, he's like, shut up, Cutler. Yeah. That's kind of funny. But other than that, there's nothing much to really report on other than this is just cheesy and feels like Adam Cole is the little girl while all the boys are fighting for him. You know what I'm saying? Hence yes. why everybody kisses yeah. him anyway. You know, the kissing yes. spot. Yes, Adam Cole is a little girl. That's the soundbite. Yep. That's the headline. That's the clickbait. Bay Bay. Jimmy T <laughs> says Adam Cole is a little girl. Yeah, well, definitely going to get Adam Cole on the pole, surely, vet. I mean, that's the only <laughs> way we can go, dude. Like seriously, Cole on the pole. Adam Cole on the pole. I mean, look, it sells itself. Cole on the right. pole. <laughs> Nothing gets better than that. But anyway, we move on to a no DQ women's match between Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa. It's pretty much Mexico versus Puerto Rico. And um, I thought this match could have been so much better, man. I was a little disappointed. Is Thunder Rosa as hot as we all think she is? Is she really going to win or have any chance at getting the AEW Women's Championship off Brie Baker? And unfortunately, I don't think she's ready for that spot yet. I used to think she was, but I don't think she is right now, guys. Vet, what, what's your take? What makes well, what no? What makes you say that, Jimmy? I wonder what makes you say she's not ready. Like I what feel aspect? like she's gone a little flat lately to me, man. Like she's over. Don't get me wrong, but like maybe we don't see enough of her. Like she's there mm. one week and then she disappears for the next three. Right. Then she's back again. I mean, how much is yeah. supposed to truly believe like she's worthy of that AEW Women's Title? I just don't think she is right now um worthy i mean i don't know is that really a is that is that really a, a relevant term and in, in when, we, when we're discussing who do we give the fake belts to well i don't yeah, think too. i don't think it's going to make one bit of difference one way or another whether Britt baker has it thunder rosa has it uh adam cole has it whatever whatever whoever has this women's championship so i think that um uh there was, I, if I recall correctly, there was something in this match that was rather um, unfortunate that happened. Uh, like maybe somebody a few landed botches. On... Yeah, um, I don't recall exactly what happened, but I remember thinking, like, this is Mercedes and Martinez. Like the last time I was on with you guys, I said people have been saying she's this and that for like she's been doing it this many years and she's this she's the baddest og bitch whatever it's just like they you hear all this stuff and i'm just like okay but i never see anything good when she's on tv so what did did she burn out all her good stuff in her early years when nobody ever heard of her uh and 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 now that she's had this late career resurgence where she's been to a bunch of different companies in the past year that uh like now she just sucks i mean i don't know but Th thunder rosa has only been wrestling like a few years like That's maybe true, five six, years six years i believe actually and and uh and mercedes martinez supposedly closer to 20 or something easily at this point. 20 years she's in her 40s at this point man. yeah and she is she is well outclassed by thunder rosa not only in this match but in her career and in life so <laughs> i i i don't mean this to shame 
um like i don't like shaming wrestlers just because like you're not into them right like uh, I, i'm not going to say anything bad about necessarily adam cole and and hangman just because i don't they're not my flavor of ice cream per se i'm not gonna say they're bad but when i see somebody like a mercedes martinez that could potentially endanger uh the the promise of an up-and-coming superstar in the making like a thunder rosa i take offense to that somewhat you know like you had your chance and right, now they're better and now, yeah, you should not be doing too much in this match with these people, um, because it, you you should know better than to than to do that. And so that part I kind of take offense to, and then that's where I'll get a lot more critical on it. I wish I could remember specifically what happened in this match that made me think that. Um, well, I could but go if through the match. Does remember? Well, we uh, let, I mean, there was a there was a table spot in this match that looked pretty stupid. Oh, that slide uh, sort of like when the, the part where it was leaning on the apron uh, you're talking about. Oh yeah. yeah. That, that's that just stupid. an unfortunate thing that right. happened. Like that, that, that there's, there's no amount of experience in the world that may be able to yeah. prevent that from happening, but yeah, no, it was something else. I actually thought that on that spot, I thought that Martinez did deserve a little bit of credit for being, a, for being a vet. Cause it did. If you replayed it, it looked very much like, she she put she put Rosa up for the suplex through the table, and I think she noticed midway through that it wasn't gonna go well. So you could see her physically slow down the suplex, like on the way down. It, I, I actually was kind of impressed in that spot, but I mean the rest of it is it too much? Is she taking too much from Thunder Rosa? Yeah, but that's what AEW is like. It, it's it's fifteen minute matches, no matter who the fuck's fighting who. Well, I forgot to mention, guys, that um, Cobra Kai is all elite because uh, we had Britt Baker's sensei in the house. And, uh, yes, we did. What's his name again, Chris? I forgot his damn name. Well, I don't know what the actor's name is. Sensei Chris. It's Chris, yeah. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, he told her, you know, like, uh, you know, finish her, basically. And... uh, this is another cheesy sort of little feud, man. Like, yeah, I think you're right, Vet. Mercedes Martinez is one of those internet darlings. She's been around forever. Everyone used to sing her praises. But, man, she's pretty robotic out there. She was pretty much wrestling like hardcore hack, a.k.a. the Sandman, from back in the day. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. She was throwing chairs, like, all the time in the ring. Why do we need 10 million chairs? Those trash cans galore. This is not really your Thunder Rosa type of match. And really, that's what we've been getting a lot of the times with Thunder Rosa. We had a bloodbath with her and, and Brit. But see, back then, she was much hotter. And I mean that in terms of professional wrestling, not it looks, because she's definitely hot. But she was much hotter back then than she is right now. And she's going for the AEW World Championship, the Women's World Championship. And I just don't see... I don't know, man. She just doesn't seem to be in that same spot that she was a few months back. Am I wrong in saying that, Chris? Um, no. And the problem, the problem with her is like what you mentioned earlier. It's the same fucking problem I have with the way that they book uh, Pac. He's there one week and then he's gone for three and then he's right. there for two and he's gone for five. He's there and he's, he's blind and then he's not blind, but he's not back three weeks later. It's like, how do you, how do you get invested in a character if you're not seeing them it's true dude vet you got any closing thoughts mm, 
No, but you you guys are spot on. I mean, like that is the key to get somebody over and to build somebody. It, the key is consistency. We have to see them. It doesn't have to be in a match every week, but just a little something to remind us, hey, here I am. Um, and I don't think that they do that. It's hard. I, I'm not going to say it's easy with the amount of people they have to do it with. Um, yeah, but... Their roster is too bloated. Like that's the main problem with AEW. There's so many fucking people and there's so many people who just shouldn't be on national television. I mean, that's you want to give them jobs. Cool. Give them jobs, give them experience. See if you can grow them. I don't mind that. I don't mind them having shows like dark and elevation. Don't fucking ask me to watch it but i don't mind them having it you know um but as far as like should these guys be on national tv like we were just talking about brandon cutler being on there with his fucking i don't know was he ultimo dragon is that what he was fucking dressed up as for a couple of weeks like he doesn't belong there right that's true can't we just call him color the dragon then he could be like for the kids um I, I remembered uh, I was flipping through the match and I remembered what it was. There what was, was the spot where um, it was something simple enough where uh, Mercedes was up on the like up Turn on the turnbuckle and she dropped the elbow me. right on her fucking face. Right. Oh yeah, she slipped. She botched right. it, dude. She slipped but recovered kind of, but dropped that elbow right. I don't even know if she slipped. Face. She just looks like she's dropped it right in her face. And no, I'm just nah, like, she slipped. She definitely slipped, man. Even the commentator sort of pointed that out. I saw it. I saw that slip, but she yeah. tried to like, she covered it up pretty well because she didn't totally panic, but she did. I think the announcers were trying to cover for her as well. Oh, I definitely. Think, I think definitely. I don't know about that slip though. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But even so, like, like, even if you slip, you're like, you're not gonna, you, you don't, you still choose where your elbow is going to land. Even if you're yeah. slipping, you have time to realize, oops, going down, better not point it at her face. You yeah, know what I mean? True. And so that those are the things that's like, well, if you're some kind of, you know, respected grizzle veteran, I think you should take better care of these people is, is that's the kind of thing that like, I have a harder time forgiving mistakes happen. Um, but you always got to be safe. And that's the other thing too. Like you're, you're trying to do a match that has violence in it. But when I see, I just see two girls trying to remember the spots they planned. I don't see yeah, like, no, this is an organic no. brawl unfolding in front of me. It's like, okay, let's set up the furniture. Cause that's what we talked about. So not into that. I agree. 100%. Chris, you got any final thoughts before we move on to the main event? Uh, no, I, I completely agree with everything that vet just said. It's uh you see that way too often in AEW. I mean, in wrestling in general now, you see that too often, even in the WWE, where you're not so much watching an organic fight happen. You're watching people remember their spots. Yeah, 100% spot on, Chris. Well, that's spot on. But after the match, Baker picks up the, uh, a lead pipe and makes, his, and makes her way into the ring. She hands the pipe to Mar to Martinez and instructs her to hit Rosa. Martinez hesitates and Hater attacks her from behind. Baker, Hater, and Rebel leave. Martinez and Rosa lying. And that was that. Big whoop. We move on. So now we get yeah. Now we get a TNT championship match between Sammy Guevara, who's the champ, versus Darby Allen. And um yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a decent match. But is Sammy Guevara the baby face that we all think 
he is, or is everybody like just overreacting with him? Vet. Well, I don't know. What are people saying about Sammy? I don't. Well, <laughs> well, not what people are saying, but like Chris and I in particular, like even Jago agrees with us on this. But uh, he, he he's trying to be the babyface with a lot of heel antics. I think I think he's improved a lot more though, like compared to what he was a few even a few weeks ago. But just I don't know, man. Like I think he's he's good. Is he the next Eddie Guerrero? Like some fans like to say. I, I don't I don't see that. But he's he's getting he's getting there where he's becoming into his own. But he needs to tighten his babyface work, I think, a little bit. Bet, what do you think? Well, so Sammy is kind of in a some some wrestlers these days find themselves in a a kind of a no man's land of I'm not I can't get any real heat as a heel, but I'm too unlikable to be a babyface. Yeah. Sammy has the perfect like young douchebag very pretty boy like you want to not like him just by looking at him type of thing and then he gets in there and does a lot of cool moves and stuff that don't really uh mesh with that they they, they would be much you want to cheer for a guy that can move and 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 uh and fly like that i guess is is the is the idea um but you can never fully get behind him there's certain guys that are in that but if you're going to be a heel, whatever that is, um, you kind of just you have to be able to get heat. And that's something that's that's very difficult for a lot of people to understand how to do because they just go through the motions of their match or whatever. If Sammy when Sammy Guevara is a heel, he doesn't wrestle appreciably different than when he's a babyface. So the fans don't really like hate him as much other than the surface level. Um, Mercedes Martinez, same deal. Like she's not really getting heat she's just doing moves like there's no violence there she's just doing her her planned spots and her moves like there's you you don't see the aggression or you don't see like them turn up and and get that other gear where it looks like they really want to kill somebody they don't look like they're being in the moment of like i have i'm zeroed in on this person i'm gonna end their life possibly if somebody doesn't intervene um i talked about dolph ziggler recently because he showed up on nxt saying the same kind of thing like he, to me, is in that same position of, like, can't really get heat. To, to heat, Dolph, uh, to, to Dolph Ziggler, getting heat in a match is putting on five chin locks. Like, that's what heat is to him because he doesn't know, like, he doesn't know how to get the violence. So, Sammy yeah. Guevara will never be, like, what you consider a violent ruffian-type character. That's true. Um, but even, and so here... He's kind of the baby face, even in the situation he's in with the with the inner circle where he's like, you guys figure this shit out. You know, like he feels Ugh. like the, he feels like the kid, the kid you have sympathy because the parents are fighting like, oh, poor kid. Yeah. He has to see his parents fight. Wham. And then and then so. So and then he goes into this match against another fan favorite. So now you got a, a two fan favorite match. And, you know, these two guys are just basically going to throw each other at each other because Literally. they both have no regard for their bodies. Right. So. So you, you get to watch your favorite kind of match if you're an AEW fan. The car crash match. Literally. Um, yeah. Again, I like Darby Allen because even though he does these things, he's he's he doesn't look like he's just doing his pre-planned spots. He looks like he's fighting and trying to kill you. All That's of his good. stuff that he does looks like it hurts. And if you're that small, you have to do that. 
and you can, there can only be one of you. There can only be one Darby Allen. We don't have room for other tiny men that throw themselves at uh, the other person to try to win. So I, I like Darby Allen with that, but he's got to be unique. Um, in this match, I was just like, whatever, I don't care. I know what these guys are going to do. I don't really have to pay attention to it. So I can't focus too much on that. But just in the general aspect of it, um, Sammy Guevara is always going to have an uphill battle finding an identity one way or the other. Uh, because like I said, he'll, he'll never be fully accepted, um, as a baby face because he's just too douchey and pretty, but he'll, he can't get heat as a heel. Um, he's still going to want to do his high flying stuff and that's just not very heelish. So absolutely agree. 100% Chris, what's your thoughts, man? Yeah. I mean, to me, him as a heel is difficult because, you know, he's got a certain style that he wrestles it's basically ray mysterio in a black mask like it doesn't it doesn't matter you're not gonna make me boo ray mysterio right the shit that he does is super fucking cool so when he does it i'm like whoa that was impressive that was that was physically really impressive way to go but then he's but then he's doing his kip ups into the spanish god pose where he's putting his arms out and it's like dude like you're literally just like you're jacking Randy Orton's pose. Do you not realize that he's a heel? Like you don't, you really don't get it, do you? And that's, I mean, he doesn't seem to get it. And I'm actually with vet on both of these guys because Darby Allen, as much as he's really little and as much as I'm tired of seeing little guys in wrestling matches, he does get it because he knows he's little. And he's like, if I'm going to throw a fucking drop kick, I need to run and jump and throw my fucking weight into it. Otherwise, it's not going to look right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, as far as this match goes, they both worked really hard. But this was exactly the kind of car crash that you come to expect. And there just was no heat for it. Like, to me, yeah. the most important thing about a match being exciting is, is there heat? Does the, Do you care who wins and loses? I mean, this, I mean, Help me if I'm wrong here. Wasn't this two of the pillars of AEW going at it for their secondary championship? And it just felt like, oh, I well, it's Wednesday. I guess we should have this match. Yeah. I, I wonder what, uh, Chris, I wonder what it felt like to people who aren't as jaded and bitter and frustrated and tired as us. <laughs> like they might have really felt like it was that pre presented to them that way. But maybe we are just like we're too inside. You know, that's possible. It's definitely possible. Yes. And that's probably an issue. And it's probably a big issue amongst the IWC. Let's be honest. Right. Uh, but but, yeah. but in many ways, even me growing up as a professional wrestling fan, all the way from down here in, in Australia, even when I was young, man, I used to call the hotlines, man. I used to call, man, the phone bills that I used to rack up. I'm telling you, they were really bad. And I was starting to call them from like 12 years old. I was into that behind the scenes type of stuff because I didn't know it was there until I called the hotlines and you get Melter reports through there even like the ones that were down here. It's funny and that's how I got to know who Dave Melter was and Wade Keller. Yeah, exactly. Uncle Dave. Mark. <laughs> big, big time <laughs> Mark. But nevertheless, he's still there. All the dirt sheets pretty much still sort of uh, report on what he says. Let's be honest, right? Mm-hmm. Even though everybody says he's fake news, he could be fake news. He could not be. A lot of shit is bullshit. It is what it is. But like you guys were saying about Darby Allen, he's unorthodox, man. And he understands his limits with his height and his size. 
Hence why he does all these unorthodox moves. To me, he's the second coming of Jeff Hardy in many ways. Not really in moveset, but just just in look and just style in many ways. He's very much reminiscent to me of Jeff Hardy, which is not a bad thing. But like Chris said before, there was no real heat for this matchup. But it's, it was also just a TNT Championship match where apparently Darby was a number one contender. But, you know, it is what it is. I just feel like Darby is kind of getting a little cold lately. If they're not careful, they can really start hurting him because he's starting to get a lot of losses too, man, when he's in single matchups. And I think he needs to get some of his wins back. Nevertheless, Andrade, Andrade ends up attacking Darby and knocks him out on the turnbuckle. Sammy then hits Darby with the GTH for the three count because apparently the GTS now everybody wants to use. And, uh, yeah, so we get Sammy still TNT champion. I mean, how long do you th- do you guys think he's going to hold on to this title? Vet, do you think he's still going to be holding that for a few more months to come? Or we're going to get a good switcheroo once again? I hope Keith Lee puts him in the fucking ground. That'll be great. <laughs> I, I hope so too. I mean, Chris, could Keith Lee possibly yeah. be our next TNT champion? I mean, I'd be down for it. Like, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to see some of these bigger, stronger guys start to get some actual wins. Um, I don't know. There's so, so far we see a lot of very small pillars and I wouldn't mind some of these pillars being reposed, re- replaced by, you know, some more structurally sound pillars. Like Miro? So, well, I mean, <laughs> fuck man. Where is Miro? Like you got time know. to do all this shit on this fucking, you got time to put in, Mercedes Martinez and her grudge match against Thunder Rosa, but where the fuck is Miro? Plowing his wife, or you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a clue, man. But it's true, vet. Where is Miro? I don't know where Miro is, but um, he's he's one of those guys that's like, yeah, I like the stuff they're doing with him, kinda. It's 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 very um knowing that he's a fan of 80s action movies and stuff. So when I see him doing the thing where he's cursing his god, this is very Conan the Barbarian to me. Do yeah, you guys get that absolutely. too? Like, that's a great that's a great comparison. That's actually very good. That's good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't think of that at first, but now that you bring it up, I can definitely see where you're coming from. It makes it actually kind of funny. Right. But that and, and those are the kind of things like you could if he had to go somewhere for a while or if he had to uh or if he got hurt or whatever if you had a bunch of those in the can you could keep you know uh doling those out week after week or whatever just to keep him in everybody's mind and stuff like that i I don't really know what his status is but um they got a lot of guys on that level that look like they should be main eventers and those guys are like floating around the middle and then all the uh all the guys at the very top are guys that are you know they're they have uh they're white and they're short and they have wet hair and beards and that's john michaels yeah john michaels yeah is john michaels and michael sean bret hart chris also he's give the freaking baby oil over his hair come on now chris yeah but yeah yeah, but these guys are not working like two bret hearts in the ring no no also (laughs) also yeah, Bret Hart didn't really look like anybody else at that time that he was doing that. And he doesn't look like any of these guys now or whatever. That's true. Um, he 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 was good at everything he did, which included just down to his choice of gear or anything else that he did. Like everything Bret Hart did was right and good. Um, 
Fucking A. These guys, on the other hand, meh. Not not uh, not really not really following in the footsteps of of, of their uh, the guys that paved the way at least not correctly, and some of that is I don't know how much of that is like willful uh, like uh, th- like they're doing it on purpose um, just just being contrary or if they just never had anybody to really sit them down and explain how the shit works like to a degree that they could understand. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't give people that much of a, that much credit. I, I believe that there are lots of people backstage telling them what's right and what's wrong. But I believe that especially with this generation of professional wrestlers, everybody just thinks they know better. I mean, I, I remember like, like, tell me if this makes any fucking sense to you, right? JR came out with that thing about the quail dives, right? It was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys all just stand around and you stand around like a bunch of quails waiting for the next guy to jump on you. Fucking Brandon Cutler tweeted some smart ass fucking remark to it. Brandon Cutler is tweeting a smart ass remark to Jim Ross. Are you fucking kidding me? Shut really? up. Yeah, tweeting him when he could have just walked down the hallway if he had the balls to say something, right? Well, and dude, like, you're going to not listen to the advice of Jim fucking Ross. <laughs> well, there's a, there. Uh, I want to, I'm glad that you brought this up because I don't want to, I don't want to take up for a lot of these guys, like just, just in that sense. But there is one other side that really doesn't get talked about a lot where a lot of the reason that the business is in the shape it's in is because of the people that came before, because not all of them were willing to help. There's yeah, been many true. times where there's been many times where uh, a young person, generations past, young people would go up to the veterans and say, "Hey, you know, um, could you help me out, or could you watch my match, or could you tell me what I did wrong?" And then what they get for their trouble is get this mark out of my face, you <laughs> yeah. know, like that that kind of shit. And eventually, you do that enough times, and it's like you start to be shy about asking anybody for things because you don't want to hear yeah. that. And then there's those those same guys that are trying to hold on to their spot. When they see you doing something that gets over, they're like, yeah, you know, that's really not you don't really want to be doing that. There's that's not going to get you the main event of WrestleMania, kid. You know that you should. And then three three weeks later, they're doing. Yeah, they're doing it or just just to cool them off from doing it or or doing anything that could let them go or as a as a rib, whatever the case may be. So there's enough obviously everybody has their own individual stories but i will say that the veterans are not faultless in this like it's it's definitely a a culture that has turned into this um and the this current generation is like a more a little bit more irreverent a little bit more carefree about it because the business has gotten rid of a lot of the the cruelty the unnecessary cruelty um the hazing like there's still a little bit of it here and there, but, but for the most part, they got rid of it because we're not trying to convince these people that this shit was real anymore. We're not trying to force the next generation to quit, you know, like, like we, we, you know, just because you're not tough enough or whatever, like we've all admitted it's fake and that comes with its own uh, set of problems. And, you know, for every, um, you know, for every guy that's willing to help out and try to make uh, uh, the, the business better. Yes, there are those young kids that do think they know better. 
there's also those veterans that are just trying to stubbornly hold on to old shit for no reason. So, you know, no, it, it really, um, everyone's, it's kind of everyone's fault. 100% agree with you there, Vent, man. And uh, speaking of faults, after the match, Matt, Matt Hardy makes his way to the ring and beats up Darby Allen. Sammy oh. Guevara makes a save for Darby. Andrade hits Sammy with his tablet and holds up both <laughs> TNT championships. Why are we still got two TNT championships, guys? Why? I don't get it. Sting then enters the ring, which causes Andrade to retreat up the ramp with both TNT championships to NAW Dynamite. So essentially, we're getting a Mexican wrestler stealing two TNT championships. Where have I seen this before? Hmm. Anyone? Hmm. I mean, I can't think of the name. I mean, uh, is it Steady Marrero? I mean, seriously, is that? Oh, don't sorry. It was Eddie Guerrero, right? So we're getting oh, that. Yeah. It was. It was Eddie Guerrero. My bad. My bad. Uh, I didn't mean that. But but Chris, yeah, is Andrade going to dethrone? Sammy Guevara for that TNT, or should I say, the TNT Championships? I don't even. The, the thing is, is like I don't know when I I find myself increasingly not caring about what's going on. Like, I, and I, I'm not gonna blame myself for it. Like I know that I'm a bit of a jaded old fan, and I'm a, you know I'm a grumpy old man, and I'm stuck up here in Canada and the snow and everything. <laughs> but like, but honestly, I find myself not caring more and more about what's going on. Because I, I find that AEW is just not paying any attention to what I think wrestling is like mostly about, like or should be, which is stories. Like, what is the story right now? I still don't understand what the fuck's going on with Andrade. He, he, want, he wants he wants to fuck Darby Allen, so <laughs> he's gonna get him the TNT championship. But instead of helping him win it, he stole the TNT championship so that he can hold it over his head a la you know like Nas when he when he <laughs> said like you know you bitch you owe me for ice like is that is like what the fuck is going on I'll tell you what's going on you know what vet me and Jago were having a laugh about this right since there's two TNT championships we're talking on the blow off one night and uh you know what we, we came up with a conclusion how about this actually vet how about we have dual tnt champions as a tag team where they turn into tag team championships so you can call it the tag network turn the championships for you know the tnt championship holders i mean and i'm not talking about as a as a, like an interim bout i'm talking about full-blown tag team two of them two wrestlers just decide to defend them at the same time could we possibly get a tnt tag championships uh, would so this would be the equivalent of the United World United States Tag Team Championships <laughs> from the something? In yeah. many ways, yes. Why not? Everybody needs to have a belt. If you don't have a shiny championship belt, then you got a fucking belt built into your tights. So yeah, absolutely. you know, belts for everyone. Belts all belts, around. Belts for everyone. I mean, literally, belts for everyone. People wear belts, you know, while they wear jeans. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. literally, belts for everyone. Chris. Are we going to get tag team TNT champions? Uh, no more belts. Uh, <laughs> hashtag no more belts. And uh, yeah, no more belts. I'm not, I'm not, I, it, there's so many fucking belts in wrestling. It doesn't even make any sense. I, I, you know, the thing that you always hear from people who are involved in wrestling and people who have been involved in wrestling is, 
belts are props, right? Well, that's that's true. That's what they are. The, the thing is, they shouldn't feel like props to the audience. And you get to the point where they do. And I think we're at that point now. Like, you have two fucking TNT championships for the sole purpose of that it looked cool when Conor McGregor did it. Like, <laughs> great. It also looked kind of cool when Michael Jackson had one glove. Don't fucking walk out of your house with one glove. You look like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, well and yeah, when and when when they had the same exact angle with uh, Razor and Sean, uh, Razor didn't carry both belts around with him afterwards after he pulled him down at WrestleMania, you know. So it's like, what are you guys doing? Uh, just give one of them back. I guess they're figuring like, well, we had both these made. We got to show them off, right? <sighs> TK Booker of the Year, two years in a row, boys. Two years in a row. Well. <laughs> And every year after now. How laughable is that, right? <laughs> every year this guy's going to win Booker of the Year. <laughs> is that where professional wrestling is at in 2022? Like, seriously. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Anyway, guys, I think we've made it. We've made it to the finish line. But before we go, Vet, please tell them where they can find you, man. You can find me at Opinion Haver on all your favorite social media platforms and gaming networks. Please follow me on Twitch. You'll see me playing some games. That's pretty fun. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Also, the you know the usual HMG stopovers. You got I'm on the Next Level Wrestling Review. I'm on the Impact Attack. I show up on Smack Attack as an uncredited third uh, host sometimes. <laughs> you know, so so you know you never know where I might pop in or or, or fill in. And and uh, I'm just so happy to be able to get a chance to talk with you guys today. Um, I listened to all your shows, so I want to make sure that uh, it's not it's not that I just want to be on another show. Um, it's just because <laughs> I want to hang out and talk some wrestling with some guys that kind of kind of know the deal. It, it's it's very refreshing. So uh, uh, thanks for having me. And that's awesome, man. Like I've always told you, man, you've got an open door policy with us. And you know what, dude? We need to get you on the blow off too one night, man. Or on open door policy. You might, I mean, yeah, open door policy. But in this case, since you're on every Hamin Media sort of show, you might as well jump on the blow off and on Uncaged one time. So then you can. Yeah, just stay off. Say, just stay away from my chips. I don't care. Yeah. Just, <laughs> come on, just one chip, really? Is that going to be that big of a deal? All right. Well, I, I, I mean, it was a pretty big deal the the other day on the with with the comments there. There was a definitely a big deal. It was the most popular thing about the whole show. I think was your chips. So <laughs> for sure, <laughs> chips over strong. <laughs> Hashtag. Or should I say the vets chips over strong? Well, Chris. Tell them where they can find you, man, before we go, because we've only got two and a half minutes and we're out. Yeah, I'm at uh, at Chris Ams on, uh, on Twitter, and um, I am Chris Ams on Facebook. Go ahead and give me an ad on either one of those, and I'll probably be complaining about Trudeau or something. <laughs> and you can find me at DJ MasterFX and at PWC Network on Twitter. Also, please like and subscribe at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com. Also at the PW Hustle Network, stophodbean.com, where you can find also the skirmish. And more importantly, just please rate our shows. It will really help us. And Chris disappeared already, and that's cool. I don't know where he went, but you know what, Vet? I think we call it a, we call it a game because, uh, man, I didn't know you played video games, dude. You know that? I actually just found that out. Just news to Jimmy right here? What the hell, dude? What console do you play before we go? 
uh ps5 mostly so i just stream uh, directly from there so i've got an xbox one x man i'm Ooh. due to buy a ps5 hey i'm sorry man i had to go to the xbox first but unfortunately it's getting hard so that's why i went for yeah. it man i've had it now for every year but uh yeah man i mean hey it's better than the playstation right now in teraflops whatever that means but it is what it is <laughs> but anyway vet let's take it home thank you once again for joining us man you're always more than welcome to join us and yeah, man, hopefully uh, we do more with the Smack Attack boys too. Now I understand why they asked me if we should do it more often because you never know. It could be you and I hosting the show if the boys suddenly do uh, <laughs> the Houdinis. Right, right. <laughs> well, we can, we, can, we, can handle, uh, we can handle anything they throw at us. That's what working is, kid. Absolutely. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T. He's Jamie the Vet Williams, and you've been listening to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network and on the PW Hustle. Peace. All right.
we're witnessing the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, take the fight to Lee Moriarty. Moriarty pinned, but fires that left shoulder up off the mat. And regardless of what happens in this match, Jim, Excalibur, Lee Moriarty's gonna learn a lot here tonight. He's doing some primetime television time here on TBS. Uh, Moriarty's gonna learn a lot about himself, too. One, two. Oh, Moriarty bridges up with the Danielson's weight on top of him. But those knees. Two hard knees. Two intervals in a row. Look at the hooks in. Moriarty gets that shoulder up. Both men. Oh, oh the guys are out of their here, Excalibur. Frank, look at this. Danielson and Moriarty fighting up. Wow. Unbelievable. Great strength in there. Laying in shots. Lower abdomen shots. Oh. And now Danielson. Oh, look at these elbows. Danielson firing it up here. The oh. crowd getting with it here in Nashville. Oh, wait a second. The LaBelle lock. Great transition. Are we singing good turn out the lights? No, sir. Great counter. Immediately slid in the bottom row. And he noticed. In the last few moments of picture-in-picture, picture, we saw Brian Danielson use that front chancery suplex. That's a technique perfected by the original Tiger Mask, somebody that Lee Moriarty reveres as a pro, pro wrestler, and you know Danielson knows that all too well. He's so well-prepared for his opponents. Yes, he is. He's well-prepared on many levels, and he is showing that tonight. Good role model. But now it's taunting. Tiger Mask. I'd say it would be an excellent role model, because all this stuff now is new. Oh, wait, Moriarty. Look at that back suplex. That was an awkward suplex. It looked like that Brian bounced on his head. Yeah. Danielson rattled, and Moriarty with the chance here. He better get to the attack. He better get to him right now. And the crowd here in Nashville getting behind Lee. Yeah, he, he allowed Brian Danielson to get to his feet. Danielson said he, that Danielson wanted violence. He wanted violence tonight and for it to come from Lee Moriarty. I'd say that Moriarty's doing all he can to abide by that wish. Moriarty, God. Oh, listen to that content. Oh, Moriarty, look at this. The quickness. One, two, no. He almost stole the win right there. Oh, went for, went for a double leg. Danielson reverses. Moriarty lands on his feet. Oh, what a right. Right to the face that you could hear. Moriarty seems like he just came out of a trance. Or he's in a trance. Moriarty, open hand shots now, boxing elbow strikes. Battering Danielson, he telegraphed that a bit rolling elbow. The rolling elbow right on the money. Moriarty is rocked. Oh, no, maybe playing possum. You gotta win to get to the pay window, young man. Whoa, Danielson. Didn't have anything in that. Oh, wait, Danielson with the body lock. Moriarty! What a counter. Nicely done. Moriarty counters, covers. No! Set. Oh, hell, he almost won it. Lee Moriarty. If now you got to put things back together, Lee. Very nearly became only the second man in AEW history to defeat Brian Danielson. And now there's that violence. And Moriarty looking for that Border City stretch. He's got the cross face with the arm captured. Danielson is reaching for that bottom rope. He's trying to make the crawl. Danielson said he wanted him to step up. He wanted to see him step up, and he's doing it right now. Oh, roll up here. What a counter. Oh, 
Wait a second, shoulder oh, counter suplex! Oh. Did you see the look on the face as we're kind of seeing now of this man, Brian Danielson? He changed his expression to one of very unsettling in my eye. Yeah, something very sinister in mind. Lee Moriarty. Oh, oh. psycho knee! Dan Danielson, he's just waved off. He waved off to the ref. It's almost as if Brian goes into to somewhere else. He's here physically, but I'm not so sure about oh. I'm mentally. I'm serious. Now with the wrist of Moriarty. Moriarty was Wait. out from now on his caliber. This is senseless. And now just the, the and you know, the irony is that the flat of the foot is legal. And Danielson transitions into the triangle sleeper. And I think he's out. Moriarty, yeah, Moriarty is out already. Rick Knox calls for the belt. Danielson scores the win. Look at that arrogant cover. Double bicep pose. That's very un- Here is your winner. The Brian Danielson like in my estimation. Danielson. But he is a bad to the bone individual. Danielson scores the win with that triangle. Lee Moriarty put to sleep, and Brian Danielson puts another notch in the win column here in all elite wrestling. Yeah, number 14 since his arrival here last year. He has the respect of so many fans. You think this man won't back down from a fight a week ago? It was a Texas death match for the AEW World Title. You can see the scars. He is still the AEW World Champion. I gotta ask you, champ, how you doing, man? That was a violent match. You know, honestly, I'm uh, I'm surprised. Hangman Adam Page. First of all, Nashville, if you could do me a favor. Please give a very warm round of applause to our AEW World Champion. Because Hangman, you've been in some battles, my man. I mean, think about the battles he's had with, with Brian Danielson. The war that you had with Kenny Omega to win that very championship over your shoulder. And honestly, speaking of war, that Texas Deathmatch last week was one of the craziest that I've ever seen against one of the biggest and baddest men that AEW has to offer, and you retain that title. Tony, get the hell out of my ring. That ain't cool. You have earned the right to call yourself the AEW World Champion. Now I, I've also been a world champion everywhere that I've gone. Uh, but right now, you are the champion, so it's a shame that that championship reign is going to have to come to an end pretty soon. You know, I, uh, I often wonder how it must feel for you to leave and watch from the distance as your friends built a wrestling empire without you. And, it, and I wonder, if now, it, it must feel weird being in the ring with your Bullet Club buddy, with your Ring of Honor roommate, 
standing in the ring with the AEW World Champion, looking at this belt and knowing it's the only world championship you will never hold. Hey man, that, that's funny that you bring up friendship. That's really, really ironic. Because let's talk about friendship for a minute. Uh, let's talk about Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. Uh, because I haven't heard them say your name in weeks now. Or, or even better, how about the Dark Order? I mean, that's supposed to be your crew, right? You haven't been associated with them for months. So truth be told, what kind of friend are you? I'm, uh... I'm, uh, I'm not perfect. And, uh... Really, when I think about it, I don't know that you have the best record with friendship either, do you? So sure, yeah, I have some regrets. And I've made some mistakes. And the more you talk, the more I'm thinking that getting into the ring with me tonight might be one of your biggest. Hey, hey, come on, come on. Okay, listen, Hangman, I'm just being frank with you, okay? Because I've known you for over 10 years. I've known you for over a decade. And you've become an unbelievable professional wrestler and an unbelievable world champion. But now, Hangman, I'm here. I'm here in AEW. And truth be told, now that I'm here in AEW, or any time we've been in the same promotion together, You've always just been known as uh, the other Adam. Hey, wait, 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 stop, stop. Hangman, seriously, stop, stop. Listen to me, listen to me, okay? Seriously, look, look me in the eyes. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I have nothing but love respect and admiration for you. If I could share the ring with anybody here in AEW, it would be you. That's what I think about you. So trust me when I tell you, someday we are gonna fight for that AEW World Championship. And when we do, it'll be man to man, me and you for that very title. And when that day does come, filled with respect, May the best man win. Very uncharacteristic gesture there by Adam Cole, but as he mentioned, these men have a lot of history with one another. Yeah, so let the uh, speculation yeah, begin. I wouldn't have shook his hand. The hell with it. Look at that, that smile on his face. Adam Cole, baby. Smug, self-satisfied Adam Cole. Hangman Adam Page. What? Wait a minute. Ky Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Red Dragon. Adam Cole's friends assaulting Hangman from behind. Is anyone surprised at this? And look That's at this. Three on one. Three on one. Balling. Cole, O'Reilly, and Fish. A three-on-one assault. When he walked away, that smile on his face, you knew something was up. Here comes some security. And they will not be stopped. Cole O'Reilly and Fish continuing to punish Hangman. Security trying to pull him off, but here comes. Dark orders, dark orders. Hit the ring. And look at this. Cole 
and Red Dragon just heading for the high ground. So happy with all this damage they've inflicted on Hangman Adam Page. If I were them, I'd keep on walking. Sit around and gab when you're already outside the ring is dangerous. Oh. Wait a second! Number 10 of the Dark Order! He's just taking out the security guard. Oh, he's had enough, and I don't blame him. Oh my God. And look at the Dark Order's trying to restrain him, too. They can't hold him back. He's too big. He's too strong. Wow. Look I, at the, look at the face of Wow. Number 10 will not be restrained. That was a shot that Nick Weber would be proud of. Kick it off with Rampage Slam Dunk, and it is official. The dog collar match on Sunday, March 6th at Revolution on pay-per-view. CM Punk and MJF. That's big, ladies and gentlemen, really big. I remember so vividly Piper and Valentine. Yeah, and I remember vividly Cody and Brody Lee on Dynamite. And that dog collar match, the first one, we saw what that did. It was one of the great TNT Championship matches of all time, That's and we're going to have another one in our main event, but right now, Santana. Pace quickens an explosive tag into the ring, and Santana is now dominating Jake Hager. He's so aggressive is Santana, and you got to be. Look at that. Oh, on the kick to the knee, remember? That was the knee that Ortiz was targeting earlier in this match. Santana picking up where his partner Ortiz left off. Sounds strategy. Oh, Jericho! Boy, what a veteran move that was. And oh, look at the slam by Hager. He's going to win it here, too. No, Santana able to kick out. Santana keeps fighting and fighting. This is so big to be on national television. For this is a young team. And for them to get a victory here. Really nothing else will do. No, I mean, they said they, they, they've been held back by Jericho. Now it's time for Santana Ortiz to prove that they're a tag team worthy of the respect of Jericho. Hager sent over the oh, top. Hager to the floor. Back up. Oh, just a clubbing shot to the back by Santana. Jericho's got it on his own right now. Yeah, he's in trouble too, JR. Sure is. The kicks where he was. Santana's very resourceful, but he's got nailed there to about two or three moves in a row. Second, something I would say somewhat devilish. Oh, oh, Ortiz, what a counter! He knew what was coming, and he set Santana up for the Russian leg sweep. Off the ropes with more momentum. Ortiz neutralizes Hager on the floor. Santana, two, no! Man, that was close. The question is, is it as close as it could be? And is I mean, there anything left to get it any closer is what I'm trying to ask. Well, right now there's nothing left to Jake Hager because he's still on the floor. Yeah, he got wiped out. Now Santana Ortiz looking for the street sweeper on Jericho. The cover. One, two, no. Oh, my God. Oh. I can't believe that. Barely got out of it. How the hell did Jericho get the wherewithal at all to get his shoulders up? That's what, that's what Santana's thinking right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got to compliment the teamwork of Santana Ortiz, but also the perseverance of Jericho. Look at Eddie calling his shots on the floor there. Eddie sweating bullets out there. Still no Jake Hager. Santana, the legal man. 
Jericho. Now it's not the time. Dazed in the corner. This could be it. The cannonball. No. Jericho caught. Jericho caught it. He transitions to the counter. Look at this counter. Jericho, the Lion Tamer locked in. Can Santana withstand? Look at the Kingston pushing the ropes. He's trying to urge on Santana. How big is this in the career of oh. Santana Ortiz? So close to reaching the ropes. Can he make it? Santana on the brink of tapping out. Yeah. He does. He makes it to the ropes. So Santana is theoretically out of bounds. That's why the hole was broken, if you're wondering. Oh. Kingston! Jer Jericho just took out Kingston! For what reason? Well, Kingston should have stayed off the apron, really. What well, well, effect! Ortiz, Santana, Ooh. Discus, Lariat! One, two, three! Santana, Ortiz have done it! Oh, what is it, this match? Santana and Ortiz! Well, the ship started sinking. Right after Jericho's unprovoked attack on Eddie. I in don't, my opinion. I don't believe it. I, I, look at Kingston and Jericho. You're get the rest out here. They have to be separated by the referee corps. But you notice, Kingston, he didn't lay a hand on Jericho. It was Jericho that just is completely unhinged. Mercedes Martinez. Look out here. With the... Table set up. Oh, oh the fisherman buster on the table. The table breaking. A lot of things got busted there, including perhaps the spine, the back, the ribs of Thunder Rosa. Fans here reacting. I think of both ladies there, JR. Yeah, all with you on that time. And I mean, think, think back through the break. We saw both of these women brawling all over the Nashville Municipal Auditorium here. Boy, this place has seen some dandies over the years. Oh, boy, have they ever. You know what? The part of the table broke where Thunder Rosa hit, but not where Martinez hit, so she took the front of that. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. And, and you know, seeing that table oh. be, being introduced in the match reminds me of when Thunder Rosa defeated Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, in that unsanctioned Lights Out match just about a year ago. Good call. Classic matchup between uh, two of the greats. It was Thunder Rosa putting Britt Baker through the table to score the win. Something that Britt Baker has never forgot. Therefore, that's why you see Mercedes Martinez here now. It's almost like an old school bounty or something. And she really can't trust her. You heard what she said. Oh God, look at this. To her Cobra Kai sensei. She'll break her fall with that trash can. It looks like oh. somebody will. Wait, Thunder Rosa! Work oh! on Rana. Off the ropes. And now Thunder Rosa with the trash can in hand. Oh, God. Right in the it. face. Right in the face with the edge of that opening the trash can. And now the trash can over Mercedes' head. Thunder Rosa lines her up. Drop kick. That running drop kick right into the trash can that contained Martinez cover. Whoa. Oh, man, bad break for Thunder Rosa because that was a three count. Yeah. Just uh, those long arms of Mercedes Martinez. Did her some favors. Yeah, there's no way Mercedes was going to be able to endure a drop kick with a trash can wrapped on her head. Thunder Rosa, both these ladies for that matter, but they, she knows no fear. 
She's almost challenged to do things like Whoa. that and get herself caught. That trash can leg driven into the throat of Thunder Rosa. Yeah, the edge of it that time, the hard edge of it. Thunder's in the wrong time zone right now. Mercedes Martinez taking advantage of Thunder Rosa, leaving her oh, feet God. voluntarily. Oh, and God. now Spider German suplex. Oh, my God. She was folded up like an accordion was the human anatomy of Thunder Rosa. Now, how in the hell she would be able to continue would be beyond me. Is it even feasible? Is it even possible? Mercedes Martinez perched on the top. Drop on oh. the elbow. Oh, God, and she stumbled and she hit her heart. And the cover to no Thunder Rosa. Inches away from a three count. How in the hell did Thunder Rosa get out of those two things? That just toughness of Thunder Rosa. Grit and determination. God, courage. Watch this Spider German suplex. Oh God. And then that elbow, just, it was a and diving Mercedes elbow. Mercedes slipped coming yep. off of that elbow. And that made it or worse. It could, could have been even worse. That, now the chairs piled up in Woo. the center of the ring. This is a battle. How tough are these two women? How tough are they, ladies and gentlemen? Our main event still to come. Mercedes maybe think a power bomb, pile driver perhaps on the chairs. Thunder Rosa got the crucifix and crucifix oh. bomb. Woo! Thunder Rosa has the upper hand on Mercedes Martinez. You can see the sense of urgency there with Thunder Rosa. Oh wait a second! Gonna be the fire Thunder Driver on the chairs. Gonna be intensity etched on the face of Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa comes over the pin. The legs are hooked, and she wins. Thunder Rosa, shining again. Rosa. It was Mercedes Martinez that introduced the chairs, and it was the chairs that came back to get her. Hoisted by her own guitar, Tony. In the last uh, 42 matches, Thunder Rosa's record now is 40 and two. Wow. 40 and two. And you can see the physical toll this battle took on both women. What a hell of a fight. Yeah, oh wait, put it out. There's a lot of respect one would assume that these two ladies have developed between each other. They, this is not the first place the first time that they competed. They're old enemies. Yeah, they, Thunder Rosa, what a sign of respect. Man, I'm proud of these women. They have been through hell to get, oh wait a second. Tony, look at the face. I've seen that look before. That is one pissed off doctor. Britt Baker, I advise the doctor to stay in her lane. Ordered, Rick Baker ordered Mercedes Martinez to come out here to beat Thunder Rosa physically, to pin her, to knock her out of the top five rankings. I told you she was weak. Now finish her. Baker Sensei. And look at this! Jamie Hayter descending. Hater and Rebel double teaming. Or Thunder Rosa for 
We know the reason. Because this is what the dentist wants. And Britt Baker with that pipe in hand. Is Britt Baker so intimidated and worried about Thunder Rosa that she's going to conduct herself this way? Very unprofessional. Jamie Hayter and Rebel holding Thunder Rosa down. Britt Baker ordering Mercedes Martinez use the pipe, get the revenge, take out. Come do what you're paid to do, in other words. Yeah, but he just said that she was weak. Maybe. Oh! oh! Boy, Jamie Martinez hesitated too long. Jamie Hader did not wait. Mercedes, look at Dr. Baker. And, and Brent is on top of Thunder Rosen. Jamie Hader on Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes, after that crisis of conscience, Jamie Hader and Britt Baker leave Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez lying. The face of the revolution qualifying match. Max Caster, he's got the chain in the hand. God, he hit him with behind the referee's back. The yeah, referee did not see that infraction that may cost Wardlow this match. And Max Caster, the mic drop. He's going to advance. One, two, no! Wardlow kicks that out. Well, nothing but guts and determination as his fuel. And as, as a special programming note coming up this Friday night, AEW Rampage on TNT at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And Tony, I think you got a bombshell. Tony Khan has just signed the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF for Revolution Sunday, March 6th, Excalibur. And we have never seen MJF so despondent, so tongue-tied like he was when MJF got in his head, but more Powerbomb! Man, this guy's a beast. I'm just telling you. It should be a great dog collar match. It'll be a second one, the last one. What's Cody against Brody Lee? We never will forget that one. We certainly won't. We'll have. Look at this. That and now How many, you on? How many of these did you order? The Powerbomb Symphony! And Wardlow advances to Revolution! He's getting Here's better and win. better every week. Ooh. The athletic big man. Oh, look at Anthony Bowens from behind. And again, Sean Spears doing absolutely nothing to help What's Wardlow. Up that? What's the deal there? Whoa. Wardlow with the grip on Bowens. Uh oh. And another powerbomb. Oh, it's like a rag doll. Look at the strength. This guy's intensity has increased tenfold. Oh, now look. And now Spears. Oh, the damage has been done. Spears comes. You're a little late. Well, Keith Lee first, now Wardlow has qualified. Oh, wait. Oh, God, you kidding? Look at this. Spanish fly by the Spanish God, but he can't capitalize. I don't know what hit the mat first, but damn, it was a crash. And if you notice, wait a second. Sammy going for the cover here. One, two, no. Look at this. Notice Sammy Guevara's rotation. I think the damage to his knee, he couldn't push off the top rope like he wanted to, and he may have crashed almost as hard as Darby did. Yeah, he, he hit his knee on the canvas as well, which added to the awkwardness of his landing, unfortunately. Absolutely. Good call, Excalibur. It was a rotation that got the knee to Sammy Guevara. And listen to the fans again. 
You think our fans don't love this product? We thank all of you for inviting us to your home once again. Sammy. Oh, wait a second. Maybe think. Oh, no. The knee, knee strike by Darby countered it. Swing and a miss. Sammy comes off the ropes. Oh. We're looking at Darby. Transition. What a heads up maneuver by Darby Allen. The submission, obviously, using the figure four. Sometimes, this is for the TNT title. Sometimes when Darby steps through on that figure four, he likes to go into a pinning predicament, but instead now. He reversed. He got reversed, but he rolls Sammy back to the mat. The pressure now, once again, downward pressure on Sammy Guevara's knee. Oh, boy. Oh, open hand shots. You can hear him. Those palm strikes are deadly. You know what you're doing, and both those guys do. But it served to break that figure four. It served its purpose to slap. Yeah. And Darby Allen releasing the hold. Now both men up to opposite corners. Sammy charges in the knee strike. Oh boy, the same knee. And then knee, and then Darby comes over. That's oh no, Sammy countered it. GTH maybe. GTH no. Block. He caught it. Darby steps through left supper here. One, two, no! Darby's got to turn it on now. This one, as a young Darby, would have interruptions in this game. This Darby Allen has got to keep it rolling. Comes over that top, the stunner! And Sammy Guevara Good takes move. himself out of play. Good move. Good move. Or maybe, maybe not. Oh, it's a cutter! What a counter! The counter on the outside. Catching Darby in midair with a cutter was scintillating. That, that was unbelievable. Watch this again. What timing, what anticipation by Sammy Guevara. Man, that was all or nothing, and Sammy, Sammy, Sammy got it all. I think Darby's face hit flush on the outside. Face hit flush. Sammy Guevara with Darby Allen. Yeah, oh, damn yeah. right you are, buddy. Sammy sometimes gets a little bit too crazy. Yeah, both men are, when you think about what they do. Look the position here. Sammy on that uh, apron, fellas. Sammy standing on that top turn. Buckle! on! Nobody home! Sammy took one hell of a big chance and had one hell of a big wreck on the apron of the ring. Here it is again. It's a well-worn story. You take so much time to go up. You look at the camera. You give Darby plenty of chance to roll out of the way. And it is well documented just how resilient Darby Allen is. And Sammy Guevara may have just let his challenger back into this match. I think you're right about letting him back into the match. I think that Darby Allen has got a new lease on life in this matchup, or at least that's what I think. It was an unforced error by. Sammy Guevara. Right. And Darby struggling mightily. He could be thinking coffin drop. He's got to make sure, though, his man is in position for the coffin drop. See how he looks back at him? And he's not. I don't know about this now. Let's well, do the third man. I mean, obviously, if Darby hits the coffin drop, he wins the TNT title. Yeah, but Sammy's prone on his front side. Wait. 
That's Jose, Jose the, the assistant from the Andrade Hardy family office, but Sting! Sting intervening. What the hell was Jose doing here? Well, we heard Andrade say that he would be the next TNT champion. Oh, there's Andrade. Oh, man! The tablet after Darby got his leg swept out on the top rope. Darby Lance straddled the top turnbuckle, or the top, yeah, the top turnbuckle. And the referee's attention was occupied with Sting and Jose. He didn't even see it. And Sammy's out, apparently, and look, I mean, he... Sammy's starting to move around. Darby certainly seems to be motionless. Andrade El Idolo may have just cost Darby Allen the TNT Championship. Sammy's got to do what Sammy's got to do. Absolutely, you're right, JR. Sammy, title on the line, the champion limping. Can he hit it? G-T-H, right underneath the chin. He hit it all right. Sammy hit it flush, one, two, three. Helmet title match. Thanks for dropping by and spoiling things, Mr. Andrade. The uh, winner of this match and TNT champion, the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara. Matt Hardy. Oh, Matt Hardy, Are now. you kidding me? This is totally classless. After the bell, he just ran right by Andrade El Idolo. It's the AHFO. And oh wait, Sammy Guevara. Sammy is uh, providing his oh. intervention here. That's why he's there. Look out, look out, look out, Sammy. Oh, tablet across the spine of Sammy Guevara. Now Sting. What the hell is going on? He, oh, Angelo's got the two TNT titles. And you know as much as anybody, he'd love to have them. He'd love to have ownership of these two glorious titles. Like you said, Excalibur, he said he would be the next TNT champ. He said it last week. And Sting with the bat in hand running off Andrade El Idolo and Big Money Matt Hardy of the AHFO.
PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to. Hustle, the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment.